0: and welcome to another episode of Traybond! Traybond! I'm Jake Spear, and with me as always are my two best mates, O Derby Deck, ah. <laughs> and our uh, MI6 expert in the field, Mr. Brandon McClelland. Reporting for duty. As always. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we'd like to thank you for joining us,
1: and we hope your week
0: has been Traybond. Mm. Indeed. Please reach out, get in touch, send us some fan mail, comments, reviews, um... Not
1: literally, Criticize. otherwise you just be kind of holding your hand in the air.
0: Criticise Darby Deck for his nonsense. Um, at Bond oh. Pod on all social media.
2: Yep, Pod um, at gmail.com if you prefer a mail. Yes. Nobody emails. All fan mail. One Send Brandon some fan I have, mail. but it, it, it's from, it's just spam. It's, <laughs> it's from it's people funny. being like, join our podcast family and but you'll be yeah. part of our podcast family. Russian <laughs> hackers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send
0: him some fan mail so we can give him something to do. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, gentlemen, before we get too far into it, uh-huh. shout out to the week. Oh. Well, what's today's mission?
2: Yeah, well, we well, usually I was going to do, do the shout-outs today's first before oh, okay. we well, we'll we'll do the shout-outs first. Yeah, we have a couple we're of goodness. shout-outs. Alright. We would like to say a very Tray Bond happy birthday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were about to sing it. Don't sing it. We don't, don't have the royalties for that. No
1: money in the book. No, that's in the public
2: domain now. <laughs> is it? Oh, is I it? think it that is. might be Ooh. contentious. No, 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 it is. The Fact check that. Fact check. Well, just imagine that we've just sung you happy birthday, Miss Jess Marie. Yeah. Uh, very happy birthday. To it podcast. is, in fact, your birthday at the very moment of recording, but when this episode comes out, it will have been days prior. <laughs> so uh, Sorry we're late, but... But happy birthday. But happy
1: birthday. It's an experience in time travel. We have warned you of this, yes. the Trayvon pod. That's right. And who's uh, who else is on the... Weekly shout out Well list, it's, right?
2: an, it's another Reviewer Someone oh, who's been oh. uh, Posting on our, on our YouTube No no Arrival. no uh, A rival co- accomplice <laughs> Okay Oh um, A contemporary Yeah a henchman If oh. you will uh, It's Michael Honskar ah. Who has been leaving uh, His own shaken And stirred Reviews ah, good on him. On our YouTube. our Michael I want channel. more of this Absolutely It's been great he very much disagreed with our <laughs> last episode. He thought that I we had that. the entire list inverted. <laughs> and to that I say, you might have a point.
1: <laughs> good on him for listening to the whole thing. Absolutely. It's only four yeah, and a half hours long. I haven't yeah. even finished it. Yet. Well
0: done
2: to everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I've listened to it a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there, are our shout-outs of the week. Fabulous. Fabulous. Any fan mail? Uh, no fan mail well, this week. Send us an email. Send through. Bloody hell! <laughs> <laughs> fan mail, fan art. We'll feature it on the uh, on the Instagram, yeah. the Facebook. I want to Twitter. see. God damn it, you guys let me down with the poll about the stories.
1: <laughs> I'm reaching out to the fan base. I want to see two emails at least in the well, complimenting bond. you no just two emails just some fan mail we'll, well make we'll I will make say, our
2: emails the fan mail I will zone. say we've had a lot of people talk commenting on Instagram and sending us lots of c- congratulations on Reddit and Twitter and that there's been a really great conversation going on uh-huh. in Darby's just in the saying thing but we, a we, we noob want to feature you I'm completely, completely unaware attention. of our audience I am not I am a little bit <laughs> But um, no, we're enjoying the conversation. But we'd love to feature you more on the podcast. Yeah, it's a
0: little something, something.
2: sir. Well, Mister McClellan, Mm. what is our mission today? Well, gentlemen, our mission today is 1953's. What? Hang on. Casino Royale, the novel, the novel, as written by Ian Fleming. Wow. (laughs) We're bloody here. We're here. Look out! Who would have thunk it? Yeah. Who had thunk it? Yeah. Um. I think what? most people expected it. I think right. so. We were yeah. going Perhaps. to do the novels. It's the logical next step. It's
1: the logical Yeah, day. we, we definitely talked about doing We did. For the months. Novels? For months. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I think everyone thunk it then. Everyone did thunk it. I'm especially excited to be here mm. in, in, in this uh, sequence, uh, moment in time, yes. doing these novel reviews. Yes. With you fellas.
0: You've, you've probably been the most excited I think I've ever seen
1: you. Look i'm excited and i'm a huge (laughs) just can't hide it and i just can't hide it and i'm a huge nerd and i love analysis i love uh deep deep critical thinking great and uh and i think you boys are both wonderful at deep critical thinking and analysis and i can't wait to do some deep critical thinking and analysis mm, with the two of you we'll let the people decide (laughs) (laughs) there'll be less love so leave now if you're here (laughs) The laugh.
0: No, no, no. We will make sure there are plenty
2: of laughs. Yes. We'll, we'll slip in a couple of rib ticklets. <laughs> and we operas. won't
0: let Darby get away with his nonsense. Well, actually, yeah. speaking of
1: which, oh no, here's one for you. Oh,
0: oh no! <laughs> I thought he would have forgotten. Here we go. Alright.
1: Hot off the presses. Oh. As in, haven't really reread it, but here we go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this. Justin, <laughs> previously on The Ties That Bind, finally, oh God, it started oh, it's up, a oh, great yeah. start. Remember this
2: when you're voting <laughs> in the poll, ladies and gentlemen?
1: Well, look, you got, I, I, I've been a hero for giving the people what they want and I've changed my tune this week. I'm giving the bloody people what they deserve. Oh. After <laughs> I only got 10% of the vote in the goddamn poll, you fellas right. and the listeners out there you're in for some punishment. So you okay. think
0: by attacking us and the listeners, you're going to gain votes in the poll? No, I'm just going to gain self-satisfaction. Right, right, right. that's more important. So you're—I writing... can't win
1: these polls. Apparently, I have no influence on.
2: Well, your... you might, you might
1: win.
0: You this might.
2: One. We're doing another one for this. All right. You're
0: writing specifically to win a poll, not to write good literature. All right, very good. <laughs>
2: oh. oh, what the! <laughs> All
1: right. So finally, getting his damn mission briefing after weeks of waiting. <laughs> Uh, Bond's immediate reaction to the intel received is that the scans of the island were too messy, uh, which isn't Roxbury style. So there's an island in the Pacific somewhere or other yep. and there were scans of the island and Bond fought the arrangement of buildings. No, it's not quite Roxbury. Right. He told M and Leiter of his doubts but was immediately shut down and forced to jump out of a plane. <laughs> so nine Navy SEALs and nine 00 agents were on a plane. Yep. It's not a joke. It's a... Uh, uh, Previously on yeah. uh, A few people suffered wedgies. Um, no, their- they didn't. No, they
2: didn't. Uh, Bond was cold and the air physically uh, bit him. It, no. Um, no. This was just based on what Look, I... Look, if this is how you interpreted my story, I don't think we should be analysing these novels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he jumped from the plane. And uh, he jumped from the plane, the halo jump, and it was kind of like
1: the scene in Mission Impossible Fallout where that happens, where they jump out of the plane. Because <laughs> cool. you want to remember Henry Cavill, like, hits his oxygen tank and then he reconnects it. There's a bunch of mucking around. It's the same thing, Brandon plagiarized. He, no, lived, no. he lifted it. He lifted it from MIT. He loves Mission Impossible. He'll keep that secret to his grave, but he loves it. <laughs> no, I love Mission Impossible. Oh, gosh. This is a life. James Bond podcast. Yeah. Man. All right. You're next on the line. Anyway... Uh, a Navy Seal dies mid-air from lack of lack of oxygen. Mm. This is where all lacks of lacks of lacks where we're plunging to earth. You know, it would take about what two three minutes. Half an hour for, br- for Brandon. It took half an hour mm. to get to. How dare you! <clears throat> so this Navy Seal, he dies mid-air. Yep, and his corpse hurdles into Bond. He falls
2: unconscious. Bond's like he's dead. I'm not going to go say yeah because he he says if you had listened to what I was saying, <laughs> he well he is a dead man because as soon yeah. as he hits a the dead water man. See? You're he's me so, he's unconscious he over there is a he's dead not, man he doesn't die mid-air though so already so Bob gives up on him, him. Darby, yes he's not going to risk his life to save someone this is just the previously on
1: this is just the previously mm. strapped in mm. uh, and this this, uh, it didn't really matter that whole thing, anyway, because the lack of oxygen slash dying man, he, he hurdles into Bond, unconscious, yeah. uh, knocking Bond out of control. If yeah. you'll remember. Uh, Bond then plummets to earth. He hits the water too fast and he sinks down into the murky depths. Mm. And there's a spectre metaphor in there. (laughs) No, there wasn't. Um, Two, I believe. And then he is saved from the shores of death by 003. By the shores of death? He's saved from the shores of death. He's on the shores of death and he is saved. Isn't
2: it the jaws of death? Or the claws
1: of death. The shores is more uh, fitting for Mm. my story. So the beach is death. The beach, right. the, the beach features present heavily in this story. Right. Right. And All right. he's going towards the beach? He's, he's on the beach. Right. He's not on the beach. But he's sinking. Jaws mm-hmm. of Death was definitely what I was thinking, but I reappropriated the... Right, right okay. Yeah, so he's about to die okay. and he got saved yeah. by 003. Yeah. Uh, though oh. Unfortunately, he loses his gear and in a strategic blunder by the author... Uh, the vital, nondescript item, which was so pertinent to the story, it sinks to be murky depths. Oh, we thought we'd gotten rid of it.
2: <laughs> you thought you had. I didn't say it was destroyed. <laughs> oh, we, no. did, we talked about this the end last <laughs> week. Yeah, we yeah, did. I'm we saying did. nothing to the I contrary. said I would have destroyed it. Okay. Oh. He still has his spear gun on him. That hasn't left. him. Oh, I thought he lost everything. No, no, we talked well, about this. We've oh. done
1: some retconning. <laughs> oh dear. Right, hang All on. Right. We now find Bond and 003 marooned on a comically sized desert island. A lone palm tree, God. it's only landmark. What? <laughs> okay. Time jump. <laughs> oh, this is nuts. <laughs> so we're
2: not on the island.
1: <laughs> no, no, you were in the you left us in the water. You left us floating in the water. Yeah,
2: but we're not on the... the we're not island. on the,
1: the real island. The we'll, island, get island to, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yep. I've had to do a lot of work to make this particular island of work in my world. I think you just so. made it so much harder for yourself. Look. All right. You asked for this. <laughs> I don't know if I did. You get what you deserve. Okay. <laughs> Bond is shirtless as he sits beneath the palm tree, uh, his wetsuit hanging at his waist after having been splashed apart by 003 in her valiant rescue attempt just 15 minutes prior. Mm-hmm. Not so much an attempt. Uh, she rescued him. Yes. Um, in that time, Bond and 003 had swum ashore to the conveniently located island that mm-hmm. we're now on, if you follow. The
2: Comedy Island. The
1: Comedy Island, yeah.
2: yeah. Single palm tree, <sighs> think
1: Jack Sparrow in but
2: all of the movies. <laughs> yeah,
1: and uh, they quickly de- debriefed each other on the chaos of their respective Halo jumps. Mm-hmm. Mm. Apparently, mm. 003 had been forced by a particularly impatient Navy SEAL to jump early. Oh. Uh, this is some retconning. Um, no, that's not retconning. That's just giving us a bit more information well, that was happening that Bond story. wasn't present It yet. was, but in your story, I felt I should admit it to it because the door opened and then he walked up and there was kind of no time for this scene to happen within your scene. So I've just that's added right. a little bit of exaggeration. To so that she's that. telling him that now? She's,
2: this is... Oh, he's, yeah. she's told him previously. She's told him, NBA he's reflecting He's reflecting on, he's it. Reflecting on yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor boy. Thank you. Yeah. I would never have been able <laughs> to explain <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: apparently 003 had been forced by a particularly impatient, i said this, Navy SEAL to jump early She tried to resist Shut the fuck up That's right, but it was of no use The Pratt shoved her out of the plane oh. He just said, get going love The author's sounding a bit judgmental towards the Navy SEALs
0: here
2: could I'm Bond now I've re- Could you know- that be the Navy SEAL that had checked... On the, on the guy other who went gone, unconscious. Perhaps it could have been. Well, despite
1: her early jump, her fall had been smooth and her landing successful. But it was there her trouble started. Ooh, yes. Oh, yes. She was miles off course, and with no evac procedure in place for failed jumps on this mission, her only options were to swim or drown. Jettisoning, I want to say, mm. her parachute and all her equipment for fear of exhaustion, she started for a small speck. She hoped would be land Before long While swimming 007 had fallen from heaven Rather too quickly And splashed hard Into the water nearby That's how she came across him yep. So Now we're back in the present moment Bond has reflected yep. now we're back And he's <gasps> I'm awake That's right Spent by the adrenaline The uh, Sorry yep. Spent by the adrenaline Of his near death experience James now stares out of the island On the distant horizon
0: the, the, the Roxbury... The, 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 exactly. The, the, one, he the be on. one he should be on. Um, on the objective be not the comedy it
1: was, th- uh, it was their intended landing zone, and, was, and it was about five kilometres to the northeast, much too far to swim. <laughs> <laughs> his... <laughs> 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 yeah. <coughs> <coughs> right. His mind now swum while his, while his body couldn't, and soon rested on that blasted, nondescript item. Yep. Why had it failed him? Yeah. Why had Q failed him? Impossible. Pay attention, 007!
0: Oh no, it's a memory.
1: <laughs> Q's voice floated forward now on the current of Bond's oh thought. Oh no, it's the last Jedi. Rever-
0: <laughs> oh no.
1: Reverberant like a spooky ghost. Oh god. Whatever you need it to do <laughs> in a time of crisis, just think hard and it will do. Whatever you needed to do. I knew he was going
2: to do this. No, no, but that's exactly, uh, may I just say, that's exactly why I had it fail when it failed. I I, I saw what you were doing. It was all very clever. In the panic of the moment, he hadn't been thinking of anything at
1: all. He'd been searching the nondescript item for its function rather than imbuing it with purpose. (laughs) Okay. It could only be transformed through the power of thought. Oh, yes. Cue, you old dog. Standing on the shore, scanning the horizon, 003 turns at Bond's exclamation. What was that? Hang on, what was your... Daisy Ridley, Daisy slash Ridley. James Corden. Go, give me one thing. What was that, 007? Um, That's the first line. Say that again. What was that, 007? She's heard him and she's startled.
2: What was that, 007?
1: Okay, there we go. That's good. James has his eyes tightly shut and doesn't pay her question any mind. Instead... <laughs> He scans his deep. Yeah, where's all the sound effects? I always well, give you well, boys
2: the most rad yeah, sound effects. Well, yeah, so but, but you're not writing in, the, pre- this, in so. the present tense when it's past tense. It's past. I, I write how I
1: write. <laughs> <laughs> James, <laughs> James has his eyes tightly shut. And, that's right, Ooh, and doesn't pay her question any mind. Instead, he scans his deep mental reserves, <laughs> searching, 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 Kennedy's
2: secretary was Lincoln. The Lincoln's secretary was Kennedy. Shot in the head, my head.
1: <laughs> searching for the perfect memory. That's not it. She's about to repeat the question, but stops short when the ocean and the music begin to swell the surface bubbles and pops as if some deep, long, dormant geyser had been suddenly awakened. Bond and 003 stand in awe, both rushing to the water's (laughs) edge. Shirtless and staring intently at the mystical bubbling, Bond almost (laughs) resembles an image of early man.
3: (laughs) 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 Oh, no.
0: (laughs) Like die another day. What's
1: happening, 007? That's good. That's good, Daisy, really. Q's nondescript item. It's works. I thought he was losing it. A nondescript item? 003 looks anxiously at the violent churning. What on earth does it do?
2: Everything. But only once.
1: Though <laughs> so you boys retconned that, so I'm sticking with it. No, if this
2: the, was your thing. No,
1: because I thought I said anything, but then you were like, no, you said everything. And everything. You, and you implied we could do everything it, you needed it to do and change yeah but i said it was more like the tardis and i'm happy to stick to that because it only because that's what you said that's what i said sure it doesn't matter whatever (laughs) all right the bubbles churn and transform into a miniature whirlpool suddenly a pointed wooden tip breaks forth from the depths below it is not a pirate ship oh god everything sorry that's daisy ridley everything the tip rises still higher Growing to reveal an intricate dark wooden bow. A long vessel with an interior of rich yellow fabric. Whatever you need it to do. It's a bondola. The whole boat Oh no. The whole boat is re- is revealed and stands at its vertical zenith, where it pauses before yawing and dramatically Yawing dramatically forward and landing with a heavy splash near the shore of the island.
0: Good description, I can see that. I really see Thank that. Thank you, I saw that.
1: See, I am a good rider. That could have done with heaps of sound effects. It you could have. Dirty Devils. Yeah, but Try I'm
2: it. trying to. so they can hear you talk. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's why you gotta like slot him in!
2: Like that. You gotta. Yeah,
1: yeah, but. If, oh. 003, I'd like you to meet an old friend of mine. The war.
2: Does that work? (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That's. (laughs) Hello, I'm James' old friend. We went to college together. (laughs) A nondescript item.
1: Perfect. (laughs) The waters settle, and Bond quickly rushes past 003 to to grab the pointed bow of the. Ow!
2: Ow! Ow! Oh, it's really sharp and pointed. Oh, God, it's so pointy.
1: Of the bondola. (laughs) It is the bondola. Oh, no. (laughs) He jumps in swiftly, his body reinvigorated and firmly past the shock of his fall. Flipping open the secret control panel hidden in the boat's side, Bond presses a button labelled Ignition. The hidden outboard motor splatters to life, and Bond shoots a smile back at 003. Isn't she a beaut? Double
3: <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell is your Bond?
1: Isn't she a beaut?
2: 003. And my <laughs> I
3: was
2: trying to do Dalton. You went Jonathan Reese davies <laughs> And my bundler.
1: 003 stays planted in the shallows. <laughs> well, it's not exactly nondescript. <laughs> Fade, time jump. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? As Bond and and 003 speed through the ocean swell, the nimble Bondola doesn't miss a beat. Skipping through the spray with ease and panache, Bond remarks on how deserved Panache? Panache. Yeah. It fit moves with, with panache. With flair? Oh, yeah. yeah. Endorsed by the ghost of being Fleming. All right. Oh, yeah. Bond remarks on how deserved it is to bear his name, and Embra- <laughs> <laughs> praises. <God. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Told you to be angry. And praises himself <laughs> for thinking of it in this hour of need. He sits straight-backed in a stylish yellow seat, while 003 sinks into the velour beside him. A silent look of confusion and embarrassment plastered on her face. But what would she know? She's only a Double if we're going to be buddied up on this one, perhaps you should tell me your name. It's 003 to you, came the stern response. Oh, very well. James falls silent and focuses on the job at hand, unwilling to play her games. Searching his unwavering character and behen- perhaps sensing a wound she need not have caused, 003 lets down her, stealing gar- her steely guard. It's Bind. Jill Bind. Oh no... No. Oh my God. No. Simply put, Bond's left eyebrow could not be any higher. <laughs> Another time jump. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> it's a scene. That's the scene's functions. It's done now. The scene's done. I couldn't keep writing, but I had more to say. You're not then that's, to write that's one you scene. say and that's <laughs> I've got a better. I've got a better leaving off point. Give me a second. You love it. It's great. Oh. All right. Darkness falls as the pair near the shore of a small cave in the jungle island. The shore? The uh, the shore from earlier. Yep, shore of death. That's right. As they draw nearer, Bond begins to make out the shape of some scarily thin figures on the beach. Surely too thin to support the weight of their unmistakably human heads. It's the aliens from Signs. Oh, no. He looks at Bind. Her fallen jaw and vacant gaze instantly confirm his worst fears. Nine wooden stakes line the shore. Two stand naked, the third and seventh, but on each of the others are oh. jammed the decapitated heads of 00 agents 1, 2, 4, 5, 6, 8 and 9. These were the facts and they didn't need to be checked. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no fact check this week. Oh
0: my god, you just killed
1: all but two 00 agents. Well, you boys didn't bloody develop them, so what good were they? they? That's what your job was to do. I gave them to you. I gave the agents to both of you. You had two chapters to sort them out. You retconned my version of 003 and gave me some newbie and then didn't talk... Didn't, didn't spare one word for any of the other O's in the briefing route. Instead, f- focusing on these Navy SEALs and Bond's oh. bloody uh, his, his mistrust. Of he talked situation.
2: about their past relationship in the briefing. Oh. All the missions that he'd gone yeah, on. With ca- yeah, okay. What
1: about that?
2: Yeah, okay, but they're dead now. And we'll have to move on. Well, I'm glad they're dead.
0: <laughs> oh my god.
2: I'm glad they're dead. What
0: just happened?
2: Where the hell are the the fucking Navy SEALs? Well, that's up to the next yeah, rider. It oh. is. Mm. Well, they're on the island now. Somebody There's... has to have killed the double O's.
0: Oh, goodness me, what a mess! What a mess I'm left. I think that was thrilling.
1: I want to hear some praise before we move on. I'm sorry, you guys. I know you want to, to hear praise? You're not going to get any from me. I'm absolutely. kind of angry.
2: Oh, You're getting angry. Gave me the sense. Yeah that you don't like James Bond at all. (laughs) And that, this whole exercise now reminds me of the Ryan Johnson Abrams back and forth of the sequel saga. And I think it is very fitting.
1: (laughs) But I must say... I love James Bond. I'm using canon-only material. Yeah, but you're, you're using the, like... The Roger Moore stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Why are you? Why are you embracing all of the things? The of bond you that hate. you hate. I
1: don't know. <laughs> See, there's a side <laughs> to make hey, you darling. boys
2: angry. I'm a dirty devil. Well, I'm the dirty devil. Well, it's working. It's working. <laughs> I must say, I love that ending. It's pretty good. <laughs> cool ending. Yeah. They've been.
1: I care about you fellas. I want to have my fun. I want to make you angry, but I also want to satisfy you. Yeah. And I know well, the bundle
2: is blowing up. Next, yeah, that's next step. Well, we
1: haven't used the hovercraft feature yet. Yeah, well, so but there I is the it. ability to use that, Jake. If you want to use the <laughs> hobblecraft feature, it is available. Can I just can I just double check something from the original from absolutely. the original um,
0: numpty that kind of invented this device? Uh-huh. When the nondescript item yes, yes, is yes, transformed yes, yes. into an That's object, it. absolutely, can it be destroyed as that object? Or if that it, it, object destroys the
1: properties of that object,
0: right, right, right. So now the
2: nondescript item is
0: basically timber. It's just the bundle. It's yeah. the bundle.
2: Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right, right that's so how say, it chose to use that's it that's what it's like. it can turn into anything anything you can think of everything 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 everything, everything. um and once, <laughs> once it's chosen its first once it's got that first thing tardis syndrome it's locked yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. it can never be anything else so now it's a bombola but it does have a hovercraft feature feature which hasn't been used yet
1: noted
0: noted that's all
1: i need I'll so before um, you blow it up spectacularly
0: okay Specter actually Specter actually Use the hovercraft Okay Noted We'll see I
2: do I will say this Yeah give us the praise I, li- <laughs> <laughs> I like that uh, Bind Has come oh, in Oh yeah. Bind sure. Yes. Yep yeah. Yep I've used the titles twice The title twice I've
1: had my cake And I've eaten it too As the Bond franchise Likes to do mm. Little rhyme for us um, remember I did the title drop. I said there are still ties that bind us to this mess. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But now the bind, it's more, it's doubled down. It's We've doubled down arena. on our bind. Yeah, okay. All yeah. right. Noted. And she says bind Jill Bind, which everyone wants to hear. Okay. That's going to be the single thing that everyone loves and lords about this iteration it of the James Bond is, canon. Is what? Jill Bind. Jill bind, bind. Jill bind. Jill bind. Jill Bind. Right. Is hearing that. It's hearing that. Everyone goes... Bond? Nah, fuck that. Bond. No, they just Jets are satisfied when they hear right. it. They go, that is perfect. That's what I want
2: That's for the I franchise want. and yeah. the series.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: I'm well, a little disappointed prepared. I don't have a fact check to drown this well, mess out with. funnily enough, uh, someone else has done a bit of a fact check for us. Oh. <gasps> uh, oh, I prepared, what? I prepared no such thing. <laughs> I know, I'm throwing a bit of a curveball. Not five minutes before we started recording this. I got a little message through the official channels, our friend over in Canada, Corey, from the wonderful and not another James Bond. Yeah, I I like Corey, but we've spoken to Jake about going off script. Yes, yes. Well, he has sent us through a fact check that he thinks uh, we are dirty devils, not for doing. And he thinks that Jake has been slipping. Oh, in <laughs> in his fact-checking ability, I would agree. I would and agree. In fact, 100%. he was going through the uh, Spectre episode, and he was appalled. Yeah, that uh, the Jake, Jake did not fact-check like the world's worst goalie. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like the he worst... let this one through, past <laughs> yeah. the keeper. Oh
1: my! It's bloody goodness. seven.
2: It's seven-one. Germany, Brazil, all over again. Now, Corey writes: "You said in the Spectre episode that the skiara Mansion, Brandon. I'm reading this verbatim." You said that the scene with Bond and Monica Bellucci Mm. has to be the steamiest scene in the series. That can be checked. Now, he thinks you should have gone more, Rain Man, and fact check this. That that could have been checked. I agree. See, this is the kind of work we we need you to do. That's a subjective
0: statement. This is the kind of work
2: we need you to do. This is integrity.
1: This is, uh, what do you call it when someone Uh, is enthusiastic, uh, uh, drive, uh, ambition? This is ambitious
2: work from... From our friend, this is how you get promoted. Exactly, All that's right. what we're saying. This is how. What did he find? So we said that that might be the steamiest scene in the series. Well, he contends that there is a more that there is likely more actual steam. Oh, good on in him! In Thunderball, very at good. the spa. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and also in Savile's shower. Perfect. are the sort of facts. Very steamy scenes. They have scenes. been checked. Oh, <laughs> what a guy! <laughs>
1: See? See, Jake? What do you say? Thank you. I'm Uh, a little
2: dirty devil.
1: Thank you very
0: much. Oh, come on. (laughs) No, I know he wants to hear it. All right, I'm a
2: little dirty devil. (laughs) And... Thank you, Corey. <laughs> and also, if you haven't already, check out another James Bond podcast. It's wonderful. He's coming for our jobs, folks. <laughs> Keep an eye out for him. Uh, now, instead of having a full-on fact check, because really you can't really fact check a ranking, we did promise at the end of last episode that we would compare our golf score rank, that we would do that this week instead of a fact check. So, gentlemen, I'm going to pass you a list Yes, that has our official golf ranking there, from the top. Very That's good. our lowest spot and the score that we gave it. Yes. Great. Great. So, right. we'll go tit for tat. I've got in my hot Thank little you. hands mm-hmm. the list of uh, how we would have ranked the films when we went through them shaken and stirred throughout the podcast. The original scores. Yes. So, this would have been our original list if we hadn't gone and done that episode last week. All right. So, gotcha. we want to see how much change has happened between what we gave some of these films originally Okay. And the score is not important. Just the rank. Give them. Well, the score you can read out if you want, but the okay. rank is the most important.
1: Yeah, don't worry. Because
2: right. I'll tell you what the what we gave them as a shaken score as well. Okay. To okay.
0: That. Well, let's see how big a difference we made.
1: Yes. Who goes first? You go first. What's on second? <laughs> <laughs>
0: ah. At number twenty-four, the Trey official ranking says,
2: <laughs>
0: Die Another Day. Die
2: Another Day. Yes. Which had the biggest big. possible golf score. Yes. 72. Of 72. 72. Mm. Can't be bigger. Can't be bigger. And it almost can't be lower because uh, Die Another Day was bottom of our list originally. We gave it, on average, cup, the average of our ratings between us, we gave it 1.3. What did no, Jake 10? give him? He was generous. He gave it a 2. No. Yeah,
0: because a 1 is a 0, and you can't give it a 0 because Judy... No, a 0
2: hit. is a 0, and you can't give a 0. You
0: can't yeah. give a 0. So you
1: give it a 1, because it's bad. Yeah. There's no redeeming debate. quality. No.
0: Goodness <laughs> me. Right, moving on, number 23. <laughs> number 23, well, we actually have a tie. Oh. At 22 23 are tied. Yes. Moonraker and It was and my turn to Octopussy. read this one out.
1: It was my turn to read this one out. Darby, read, read it out. So at number... We didn't have a number 23. Right. We had... A tie for number 22. So we've got on the same golf score of 66. Ooh, very low. Out of a possible 72. We have a tie at number 22, which means the number 22 and 23. That's right. Yep. And those two films are
2: at the same level yep. oh my at 22. Yep. Moonraker and oh. Octopussy. Oh, well. Well, 22 and 23 are not tied uh, on our. Uh, original <coughs> film ranking. no, no, no. I've got this. This okay. is my piece of paper. You leave it alone. You made me share with him. <laughs> so, funnily enough, at twenty-three mm-hmm. with a shaken's average shaken score of three point six, we originally had Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, that's oh. where it should have been. Yeah, and but at twenty-two, bloody Jake, with a sh- with a stirred score of four point three, Moonraker. Mm. So, Moonraker and Die Another Day technically haven't shifted for us. Mm. All right, yes, number, they have. Number twenty-one. What are you talking about? No, they haven't. Because Moonraker's tied twenty-second, and it was twenty-second originally. Diana yeah, the but Day October was twenty-fourth, and twenty-fourth. No, that's what I just said. Die the Day and Moonraker haven't shifted in their respective. Oh, positions. okay, fine. Oh, Derby. This you know I'm not good with this stuff. This is great radio. This is fabulous, <laughs> fabulous stuff. Look, I'm human. People like to hear me fail. All right, number twenty-one.
0: Number twenty-one. Yeah. We have for your eyes only.
2: Uh, with a score of sixty-two out 62. of a possible
0: seventy-two. Seventy-two.
2: Well, at twenty-one, we had Octopusy ah, on right. a stirred score of four point six. So they've they've. Uh, They've jumped places a bit. Mm, okay. Number 20? Yes. At number 20, You're we okay. had Tomorrow Never Dies with a score of 57. 57. Well, at number 20, we had Diamonds Are Forever oh, with a stirred five. Ooh, Ooh. okay. So that's a bang-on
0: kind of average. Stirred five would be halfway. No, it's a
2: high end of a stirred.
1: Oh, <laughs> let's not get into that. All right.
0: Either yeah. way, it's not where... There's a huge really, difference
1: between a five and a six. <laughs> Is there? <laughs> 19. Uh, nine, well, this is yours, but do you need help describing what's happening here? No, I don't. Okay.
0: Uh, we have Tide again.
1: So that means?
0: 18 and 19 mm-hmm. are tied. Tide. Goldfinger and The Man with the Golden Gun on 54 points. Both
2: the gold-themed uh, titles. Really? Yes. Well, at number 19, we originally had For Your Eyes Only with a stirred 5.3. Wow. Gee. So they've dropped. Yeah, because Jake didn't know what the hell he was doing. No. But it's funny because Goldfinger and the man with the golden gun are tied on he this could... list at 17th. So 17th and 18th spot on the original list, Goldfinger, the man with the golden gun. They both got 6.3. We both gave them, shake, gave oh, them both shaken. Really? But they still tied even in the original list. See, so they, they tied were... at seventeen and they tied at
1: 18 on this one. Yeah. That's crazy. They yeah. were meant to that, be. That's a that's a hot take. It sure is. <laughs>
2: And you can hot take that to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth anything, but you so can. to it.
1: Did we have a 17th place? We did have a 17th place. Which is? 17th
2: mm-hmm. is
1: Sean Connery. Yes. And it is Diamonds Are Forever. Diamonds Are Forever.
2: Mm-hmm. There you are. We know what 17 was originally. It was Goldfinger Man with the Gong Gun. Number 16 oh, right. is. Mr. Dalton's Licence to Kill. Jake put from Russia with
1: Love at like 16, remember? He did. So he this did. whole thing it means nothing. This is no, completely no, this accurate. Is our, this is, is our official ranking. Official... St- st- but st- thoughts and opinions. We're sir.
2: very consistent because also 16th was what we placed Licence to Kill. In oh. our initial ranking, this, this is with cool. A shaken a shaken six point six. Oh, so
0: now it means
2: something.
1: Now nothing? it means that is Brandon
2: saying things Brand. that's right. meaningful. All right, moving on. Number fifteen. Is this my go? Yes.
1: Well, we don't have a fifteen.
2: Okay, tied with something then.
1: Oh yes, we have. On fourteen, we have a tie. So that would mean fourteen 15. is a double, and it's both fourteen and fifteen. Mm-hmm. So we've got Doctor <laughs> Doctor No, and you only live twice oh. with a score of forty-one. So 14 that's... and
2: then 41. How's that for a hot take? There you go. Well, guess what? Our 14 and 15 on our original was Dr. No at 14. Yes. With 7.6. Shit. And Quantum of Solace at what? 15. See, again, Jake ruined that one. <laughs> that that would have so been low? there. Number 13.
0: <laughs> Honor, Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, way
2: too low, if I must say. Then again, Jake's file Because careful. originally we placed at number 13, Spectre with a shaken eight. Well, we've got that at 12. Shaken eight average. That's at 12, isn't yes, it? Yes, wasn't too Spectre far. Spectre had a shaken eight average. Yep. Yep, from here on uh, from here on in they are all above an 8 average. This, this is a his, banger! This is his fault. Spectre's <laughs> a banger. So uh, so we had Spectre at 12 yes. Yes. on the official ranking. Yes. 37 okay. out of 72, which is so the middle of the road. So tied 11 and 12 on the original ranking, we had The Living Daylights and The World Is Not Enough. <laughs> wow. 8.3.
0: Number 11 on the official Bond list is Quantum of Solace. That Ooh. one's an
1: official Jam- uh, Bond list f- officially.
2: No, no no no. No this, this is I'm just saying what you're they both reading. are official lists from Trade. No, no. this is where we stand on the film. I understand that. No you don't. But this is also this an is official updated. list. This is yeah. A, yeah. But that's not to say it's not an official list that we've provided. No. Yeah that's that's right, right. but you are making it way <laughs> too complicated. <so. laughs> All right so we're on to number 10? We are. Thank god. Darby. Uh, what was number 10? Number 10.
1: This is one that you ruined because you put it way
2: too low. The Spy Who Loved Me. Oh, Spy Who Loved Me. Well, we had... It's in the top 10. We had it number 10, one that ranked much lower once we came back to revise it. We put originally at 10, You Only Live Twice, with an average score of 8.6. Mm, wow. Interesting. So that's gone down in our estimation over time. Mm, okay. Number 9 and number 8 are a tie on mine. Oh. Really? Yep. So what's what is officially... Our number nine. The official number nine from Trayvon is The World Is Not Enough. Oh, and the number eight? Is Live and Let Die. Well, that's very interesting because our tied number eight, number nine, is Honor Majesty's Secret Service and Live and Let Die. Ooh, So Live and Let Die wow. hasn't moved much. Uh, number six and seven are a tie oh, on the uh, oh, on the original list as well. What have you got at six and seven? We've
1: got uh, at seven, The Living Daylights, mm-hmm. and at six, From Russia With
2: Love. Oh, well, originally we had Thunderball and GoldenEye at oh, tied six of 9.3. Now, this is oh. where they really shift. Number five is our last... One that isn't tied on the original list. And then it's like a joint number one.
0: Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, number five for Mm -hmm. us on the official Trey Bond is Thunderball.
2: Thunderball. Well, number five for us was originally The Spy Who Loved Me. Ooh. Mm. Mm, That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, but it's still in the official top ten.
2: Now, tied for number one in the original list, we had From Russia With Love, A View to a Kill, Casino Royale, and Skyfall, all on Shaken Ten. What have we given our top four on the official list? Darby, lay it on the people. The
0: top four? Did we say Thunderbolt? The official, yes. Mm. The official Trey Bond uh,
1: film rankings. So number four. Number four is, on 14 points, a very low golf score Mm. out of 72, a view to a kill. Ooh. Ooh. Then we have number three. Top three now. Top three is Skyfall on a score of 12. 12 Ooh, Very low. Number two. Oh, there's only one point between two and one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very close. Number two has a golf score of eight out of a possible 72. So this is a pro golfer. This is a pro oh, yeah. golf.
2: This is Tiger. And it's Goldeneye. Yes. Which means that at number one there's only one left. It can only be Casino Royale. Royale On a golf score of 007 Look at oh, that Oh, was bad. meant to be Meant to be So we'll go through this very quickly There's been quite a lot of shifts as it's gone on As hmm. time has gone on I think I I'm, I was quite surprised when I added all these up And kind of looked at um, which ones had stayed quite firmly in their position But I'll go through it again for you At 24th, we have Die Another Day Tide, 22nd, 23rd Moonraker and Octopussy At 21st spot, For Your Eyes Only. Coming in at 20, Tomorrow Never Dies. 18 and 19, Goldfinger and the Man with the Golden Gun. 17, Diamonds Are Forever. 16, Licence to Kill. 14 slash 15, Tie. Dr. No, You Only Live Twice. 13, Coming in Very Low, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. 12, Spectre. 11, Quantum of Solace. 10, The Spy Who Loved Me. 9, The World Is Not Enough. 8, Live and Let Die. 7, The Living Daylights. 6, From Russia With Love five Thunderball, four A View to a Kill, three Skyfall, two Goldeneye and one Casino Royale. So that is the Trayvon official ranking list. Very good. We should release a PDF. We will. (laughs) Now, well, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do now is we're going to play something we recorded for you three weeks ago, I think.
0: Wait, we're going to play that? Oh, no. no, I was thinking about something else.
2: Um, three weeks ago we did our preconceived notions uh, because usually we would do our preconceived notions, then we'd watch the Blu-ray and then we'd talk about the film. Yes. But you can't do that with a book because the Casino Royale book takes about three or four hours to bloody read and who's got the time? Or two uh, weeks, <laughs> <laughs> some of us. Yeah, a little bit each night. Um, so what we did is we recorded our preconceived notions a couple of weeks ago. We're going to play them for you now. And then we're going to jump back in and we're going to do our review of Casino Royale. So we'll see you in a a bit, but you'll hear from us
1: immediately.
0: Roll the tape!
2: Well, it is time for us to get to preconceived notions. Mm. Preconceived notions for for new listeners um, is a segment where we give... Our preconceived notions. <laughs> uh, the title really says it all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's what we're expecting before. We have not at this point. I mean, I've read the, the Bond novels before. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you read them? Oh, God. Uh, I read Moonraker last year. Okay. I really enjoyed it. You read okay, maybe one a year? Uh, yeah, yeah. Every now, and then. Every now I, and then. I've gone big gaps with the novels. Sure, sure. i watched the movies. I'm primarily a film fan. Yeah, I yeah. do love the novels, but... Uh, There's other things to read, you know know what I mean? I find rereading things a bit of a chore. Mm. Um, But I won't with this, I promise. Um, So what we're doing is we have not read the novels uh, yet. So we haven't read... Uh, Casino Royale, 1953's Casino Royale. So yet. there's gonna be a big gap between our, our little uh intro and when we come back to yes. Yes. review yes. our we're, novel.
1: We're recording this we'll sound like two weeks men.
2: before we record the actual review. Do
1: you think you can it? get that done in time, Jake?
0: Oh uh, look, it's gonna be hard, but okay.
1: I'm determined. He's gotta he reads at a fifth grade level. Yes. <laughs> if that. If that <laughs> if that as long as there's pictures, I'm fine. <laughs> There's not There's Oh not. god You just look at the cover if you get bored Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll get distracted Well, I ordered my uh, first three novels You have? They're James Bond vintages Yes And they have beautiful covers <laughs> They are I You've really got adore. the same I do edition. Thanks to Mr. McClellan a lovely birthday
2: do? gift That's right
1: oh, and I've got two Sorry, I just interrupted you then. Yeah, oh, yeah. it wouldn't yeah. be the oh, first oh, time oh, Darby I, I was just oh. going to say I'm going to offend many a book lover Because oh. I'm going to highlight the shit out of my book
2: Is that offensive? I think
1: two a not. I went very high oh, then. did? Didn't? Oh,
2: is that a pencil? I
1: don't know. What, I feel what like... with a highlighter? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, God, no. Pencil, please. Oh, you're a pencil underline. Oh, yes. Yeah, That's but underline, you they're, they're too... Uh, they're never straight, the lines. Yeah, they're well, too, like, jacked. Get jacket. a ruler. Get a ruler. I'm not going to sit around with a ruler and a pencil. But the highlighter's never going to be so straight. So I'm always going to be sitting down at a table when I'm reading. But your that is that where you're not going to be straight.
2: It's going it, to be wobbly You could do
1: more of a swish with a highlighter. You can, you can get a pencil oh, to swish. No, I don't I think come you can out. do a real good pencil swish confidently right. look prove me wrong prove me All wrong right. I'm <laughs> going to highlight and <laughs> I'm going to see. have different colours
2: it's going to be a colour coded oh, system so I'll be okay. able to go All oh, this is in reference look I'm bringing the detail well see and I, I'm, so I'm going right. to be bringing my detail OCD. but I'm going to I'm going to be reading them and have a piece of paper uh, For a, a legal pad next to me to Listen, we need down to do this knocks. planning to help Drake yeah because he doesn't know what to do
0: I'm fine
1: so we've had highlight, we've had have a notepad handy yeah, to write he, down he's your thoughts. pencil
2: underline. he yeah, he's, he's going to pencil underline. I, I, underline, pencil. Three very different methods. What will be the best one? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, what, preconceived notions going into this Derby, oh, I guess first. for Casino Royale, the book, mm, mm. but also the Fleming novels at large. Oh,
1: look, boys, I've got to say mm. I'm bloody excited so Might I say I'm fucking excited. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, 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 oh. That excited. Oh, we're like,
2: putting an explicit tag like, on this one, boys. Um, I
1: have been nerding up about this. I think this is cool. <laughs> I, th- I think doing like a, a Trayvon book club. Yeah.
2: Let's do it.
1: I'm very excited. Look, I'm going to bring an extreme level of detail. I'm just so excited to really kind of explore the original character, yes. to understand more. I love the franchise now. I'm a bona fide super fan. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to this thing yes and, and you know what like my dad loved these growing up he he was reading these before the movies came out like he was like this was his Harry Potter experience yeah, like he, wow, would, he would read the books and I was talking to him about the, this the other day that we were going to be recording stuff on the novels and he was like oh that's great I think my favourite one was Doctor No he was still remembering even now like he wow. read these in the late 50s early 60s and then continued to finish them off into his teen years as, when did Fleming stop writing them when he died, which was
2: sixty-four.
1: Yeah, so Dad was reading them <laughs> as they were released, and then going to see the movies mm. as a teenager. It's like he was having our experience of yeah. Casino Royale back in the day. You know, mm. when we went to see Casino Royale. I'm excited to, to what this like to see what this reveals about the movies, and what it reveals about what I love in the character. I guess. Yeah. It, James Bond is just going to deepen for me, and I can't wait to. I mean, I'm no aficionado of l- aficionado, as the <laughs> Aussies say, of, of literature. Um, I'm you know, I was an English student in high school. That's about the, the, the
2: as we all were. as we all yes. we, did, we Brandon and I did a, a we English extension two units two, two, of it. four oh, units of English big old nerds. four yes. units of English I was not very good at it. You were you you didn't try. Yeah. <laughs> Because I wasn't... Look, if I'm not instantly good at something, yeah. I give up. <laughs> ben, you were always
1: a great thinker and deconstructor of... The... Oh. We read a lot of romantic poetry. We did. We did. Yes.
2: But, um, you know, prepared us for this experience in some ways. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I might be a blubbering mess. <laughs> I might <laughs> be completely silent. <laughs> maybe. And maybe no, the listeners think, will appreciate Well, I think Ed we're going to have,
1: have lots to talk about. My preconceived notion is I'm going to fucking love this stuff. Mm. Um, I'm going to love... I, I think... Fleming's going to write in a really accessible way and quite a modern way mm-hmm. I'm cautious about some of the maybe inherent racism and, and issues cool. prevalent but the films have, have, <laughs> have kind of uh, shown us that that's an issue anyway we've yeah. kind of gotten our head around some of that and yeah Casino Royale I can't wait to see what this book is about um, I think that's all I've really got to say he's excited I'm excited yeah. he's so pumped. I'm really pumped I just hope that Jake can read
2: Oh, oh, poor my. Jack. <laughs> what have competent. I done to deserve this? <laughs> Jake, what are your preconceived notions heading into this?
0: Um, my preconceived notions is that Darby's still
2: going to be a pain in my neck. Oh, uh, God. Um, Jake, you just... You know, you but, have to be gracious. <laughs> and then the way he treated you. me. The people will be on your side if you take uh, it in your stride.
0: I think the people oh, are that's
2: on my good that's side. That's a rhyme. That is is a there rhyme. any rhyme? rhyming? Can you, yeah. you turn
0: that into worth? a fridge magnet?
2: Maybe. I
0: might, yeah.
2: <laughs> great. For some Trayvon merch. Yeah, maybe that's our merch. It's <laughs> just magnets that of rhymes I've come up with. Yeah,
0: great. I think there's a market for Let's that, do for it. sure. <laughs> <laughs> My preconceived notion for the novels in general? No, well, we're talking specifically about Casino Well, Rea. you no, certainly novels didn't. In, novels you in general. You certainly I'm didn't. i allowed to do it. Oh,
2: God. You, novels gotta in general. you keep him in a strict give kind him of an set inch. of guidelines. All right. All right, what, go on.
1: Tell you what. You get 20 words on overall, and then we've got to switch. Well, I can't count. So,
0: um, the novels in general, <laughs> probably... Oh, I can't... He's counting my words as they come out of my mouth. Um, the novels in general, look, I'm really excited to see how different they are to the films, because, I mean...
1: I bought well, their books.
0: I barely knew the films. Yeah, yeah. So, I know far less about the novels. Mm. Um, I I don't know. It's a blank canvas. I'm keen to know which parts of the films they, they took from the books because we've kind of discussed over the past 24 films how... Uh-huh. Bits of the novels were kind of merged together, or taken from there and put in a different film, and you know, or taken from *Live and Let Die* and put into this film, and taken from *Moonraker* and put into that film. What are you so, trying to say? Well, I'm just keen to see them as they were originally intended, as they were originally written mm. and published, their original
1: form of entertainment.
0: Yeah, this How was the designed. actual story of *Moonraker*. This yeah. is the actual story
2: of *Live and Let Die*. Mm. Um, well, it's uh, yeah, I, it, it's funny just to jump in there go. because. Some of them are just not anything like the movies. Yes. Like Moonraker, there is no comparison between that film and that novel. That's so bizarre to Well, me. it wasn't a practice of adaptation, I don't think. No, they were just taking... <clears throat> um, the title. The titles. <laughs> and some <laughs> ideas, some settings. Well, The Spy Who Loved Me is literally just the title. So much so... That they commissioned Christopher Wood to do a novelisation of the "Spy Who Loved Me" film, which was already a novel. Because the novel completely is diff- not anything to do with. That oh, I movie. think it's going to be a completely sure. different
1: experience. I'm, I'm unsure about how we're going to. Break it all down. We got into such a good flow with the movies of the gadgets, the cars, the women. Mm. What's this system going to be? Well,
2: the gadgets are gone. I, yep. can, I can pretty much assure you that, that really? they're gone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're, they're, they're an invention entirely of the movies. Um, I, I, I feel like the, a lot of the, the core DNA that, that makes the movies so successful is still there, that kind of jet-setting, the man of leisure, and, you know, the, the, the gentleman spy, you yeah, know, the okay. international playboy. That's still there. Mm. Um, the essence of the character. Yeah, that essence is, is, is still there. So I think a lot of the categories will, will kind of come over yeah. with us to the novels. But I'm interested to see what categories come out naturally mm. from the novels. Um, I've never read them with a very close eye. Well, we're more experts
1: of cinema than we are oh, of very of so. writing, yeah. but I think we're going to have a, a good kind of
2: look at it. We're just got to be confident to uh, yeah. put our necks on the line. And I think you like what you like That's too. It. I, I'm yeah. really interested to see if you know if maybe the books. If I'm swayed to be more of a book fan after, yeah, that sure, because I am such a fanboy of the films. One yeah. thing that I'm
0: keeping my eye out for is this whole idea of time and we've certainly seen in Mr. McClellan's renditions of the ties that bind well
1: reading one story
0: um, right well yeah and the fact that how you know we take what well, one of the big things that we take away from the films or one thing that we've spoken quite a bit about is in the films when they do allow us to sit with bond and oh, yeah. give us time with him we really love that and that seems to be a kind of trope yeah. that we that we notice when it's not there mm. when we feel rushed and i think Maybe my preconceived notion is that that DNA comes from Fleming. That we see Fleming himself take his time with Bond mm. to describe the setting, to describe the you know the smell of the room, the taste of the food, the you know. Well, the, the, no- the novel, novel
1: gives you that ability to get so much closer right. to the inner life of the yeah. character. You know? oh, yeah. so I'm
0: keen to see what how how Fleming I mean, handles yeah, this and, idea of time.
1: further to that, I mean, further to that is is how he handles this idea of. Uh, Transitions between ideas, transitions yes. between how the story physically moves. Because I, I read. He's editor in chief. I, I cracked open the, the, the cover of, of Casino Royale. I'm waiting to read it. Yeah, yeah. But I saw the chapters, and, and one of them was like Dossier for M. And then another was like a backstory moment. So I feel like the, the sense of time, just mm. further to that mm. point, is going to be more. Like a novel, obviously, it'll it'll be more free flowing, and I'm really also excited to see because obviously the beauty of reading all these novels by Fleming is we're getting the same character from Go to Woe. Yes, yes.
2: We're not getting a kind of reboot or a change. Or it's one different continuous voice, different portrayal, idea. Although you are in a similar way that when you watch an actor. Um, kind of evolve. You see him as a evolve color. the character. You're watching the character evolve yeah. with, that, uh, with that actor. And I'm interested to see how Fleming not only evolves the characters, but how he as a writer evolves and improves. And his ideas, his deeper ideas. I'm sure yes, they're going to emerge yeah. as well, you know. Yeah, because there's a couple of those novels where you really see that he starts to get way more complex with his um, mm. with what he's kind of putting into them. Mm. Um, his writing style definitely improves things so he's that. trying as well, the way he's unfolding a story. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing also that is kind of keenly at the front of my mind, uh, not keenly, it's just at the front of my mind, you moron. It can <laughs> be keenly there. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. Uh, These are the things we're going to uh, discover. We'll find out. Can it something, yeah, be, it keenly can something at the be keenly of at the front of your mind? <laughs> or is it just mustard? <laughs> <laughs> um, is You touched on it earlier, Dubs? The uh, the sexism of the time mm-hmm. uh, and the racism of the time. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I'm really quite nervous about is that there are two novels in particular um, which really kind of... I, I remember just from reading them as, you know... The whole in, in way In early 20s. There's a lot or of... Just moments. It's, it's pretty front and centre in one of them. Uh, one film is in talking? Japan and one film is in... Um, S- southern states of America. And so the language we African use? Or the American. perspective yeah, they write Yeah, the, the language that he uses, you can kind of see the judgment of the writer. Yeah. On, right. But, on, but that's one thing we have to remember is that it's always from the perspective of James Bond. But I think it's a lot of it is... Yeah. Because Bond... But is, we're going to have to accept is that. ...is Fleming's fantasy version of himself. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the big things that um, he was criticised for by mm. his... Uh, you know, contemporary was just a opinion. bit like, oh, it's his fantasy of himself. He's a commander in the um, in the Royal Navy. He mm. served in World War Two. I mean, his attitudes towards women, the the cigarettes he smokes, it's all Fleming. Mm. You know, the Sea Island cotton shirts he wears—that's what Fleming wore. You know, like he he dro- he drank and smoked. He drank and smoked, and you know, and slept exactly like Fleming did. I was going to use the F word there, but <laughs> I <laughs> I thought better That's <laughs> well, <straight>. <laughs> Um So it'll be interesting to see how much of that, uh, if any of that, rubs me the wrong way. I'm sure the racism and the sexism will at some points, um, but I, I, I'm I'm very keen to see uh, the psyche, the inner workings of Bond's mind. Uh, I think explored. I think we've got a lot well. to, a lot to discover, gentlemen. There's a lot in it. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's time to... Oh dear, we're not going to pop in a Blu-ray No, anymore. we're not going to pop in a Blu-ray. I think it's time for us to grab a copy of 1953's Casino Royale off the bookshelf mm. Mm. and we'll reconvene in two weeks. Enjoy. See you then. See you then. <laughs> Introducing James Bond. Charming, sophisticated, handsome, chillingly ruthless, and very deadly. This, the first of Fleming's tales of Agent 007, finds Bond on a mission to neutralise a lethal, high-rolling Russian operative called simply Le Chiffre. By ruining him at the Baccarat table and forcing his Soviet spymasters to retire him, it seems that Lady Luck is taken with James. Le Chiffre has hit a losing streak... But some people just refuse to play by the rules, and Bond's attraction to a beautiful female agent leads him to, a disa- to disaster and an unexpected saviour. That was the blurb on the back of the Penguin 2006 edition <laughs> of Casino Royale by Saucing Ian Fleming. stuff! Saucing and that's our mission stuff. this week, gentlemen. We're back. We oh, it's, it's, it's our first episode of the book club. Oh, we've, we've read a bloody book. We, we have. have book club.
1: What was the last time you read a book, Jake? Um, oh, how dare you! <laughs> I read all the time.
2: Oh. I've got a lot of those. Little... Stop signs? No. Facebook, no, Facebook. I've
0: got a lot of little. Um... You don't
2: read stop signs. You don't pay attention to stop signs, you just go straight through. Look, if
0: I'm driving, some things slip my mind. Right. Um...
2: So you're a danger to yourself and everyone else. <laughs> okay. Much can, like can James you, Bond. <laughs> much like the ruthless James Bond in Casino Royale. <laughs> What
1: the listeners really want to know is, can you read?
0: I can actually. We don't know read. if you're
1: remembering your fact checks phonetically, and you have a real Rain Man syndrome. <laughs> where you sit on the scale?
0: I haven't read the book. I've only looked up various synopses. You um, haven't read the book? No, no, no. So I'm just. You gonna, had three weeks. I'm just yeah, three weeks. Wing it and see. Why if are you can... holding the book then? Because it makes me look like I've read it.
2: But you haven't read it.
0: Well, right. we'll
2: see so this is like high school all over again yeah.
0: no miss I didn't do my homework. yeah I did but well C-Royale
2: who's a book about yeah. uh, uh, Bane's John and um, he plays a game of poker and Daniel Craig's um, in it yeah Giancarlo Giannini plays Mathis
0: <laughs> and, Jake uh, did you just watch the film again
2: <laughs> uh, I, I think that Fleming's description of the parkour scene is really good <laughs> Uh, that's, well, we're here to talk about the book. Now, before we jump into our discussion, yeah. I'm going to give you something to... Someone else's uh, to, discussion? Yeah, someone else's opinion. All right. Ah. So, I'm going to read out a couple of little excerpts from uh, the critical reception to Casino Royale, the novel, when it came out in the day, and one that is uh, a contemporary review from our time. Oh, okay. Wow. So, this from the Encyclopedia Britannica. Which I was shocked to know still exists All places. and is updated. When they do reviews, they do. Yeah, they editorialize within the encyclopedia. I thought Wikipedia killed that years ago. Well, they've definitely they've changed the game. The Encyclopedia Britannica writes: the plot is simple, even elemental. The story includes a game of Baccarat detailed over 25 pages, a lovingly described scene of grotesque torture, and a curiously lengthy account of Bond's convalescence with Vesper Lind, the first Bond girl. The prose is hard and unsparing, the detail minutely fetishistic. The Manchester Guardian, at the time, in 1953, wrote, Casino Royale is a first-rate thriller with a breathtaking plot. Although considering they considered the book to be schoolboy stuff, they thought the novel was galvanised into life by the hard brilliance of the telling. Mm. Alan Ross, writing in the Times Literary Supplement, wrote that Casino Royale was an extremely engaging affair and that the especial charm is the high poetry with which he invests the green bays lagoons of the casino tables. Mm. (laughs) Reviewing for The Listener, Simon Raven was somewhat dismissive of the plot, observing that it is a brilliant but improbable notion that includes a deal of champagne drinking, bomb-throwing, relentless pitting of wits, etc., with a cretinous love affair. Raven also dismissed Bond as an infantile creation, but did allow that Fleming tells a good story with strength and distinction. His creation of a scene, both visually and emotionally, is of a very high order indeed. Uh, And writing for the New York Times, Anthony Boucher Boucher, (laughs) wrote that the book belongs pretty much to the private eye school of fiction. He praised the first part, saying that Fleming manages to make baccarat clear to even one who's never played it, and produced as exciting a gambling sequence as i've ever read but then he decides to pad out the book to novel length and leads the weary reader through a set of tough clichés to an ending which surprises nobody save operative 007 you should certainly should begin this book but you might as well stop when the baccarat game is over ooh Arch. gentlemen what did you think
1: tough work. of
2: 1953's <clears throat> casino royale by ian fleming Look, Darby, I feel like you have
0: been a giddy schoolgirl this entire time, <laughs> so I think you should go first.
1: Oh. The moment's finally arrived, son. What have you got to say for yourself? I don't know where to start. I feel like what I said in my preconceived notions about wanting... I think I said when I arrived at, at, at the apartment today, Brandon, that yep. um, that my understanding and and my general internal intrigue towards this world has just exploded, mm. like the films were one thing. Mm. this is something else entirely. My mind during this process was racing, not just from the enjoyment of the novel of the of the yarn being spun, but of all the little synaptors and connections that were that were lit up. you know I, I really felt like I have a new understanding. Of the overall thing now, and I'm so excited to move forward mm. into the rest of it. But my initial kind of reaction is that oh, I love reading books, and <laughs> and uh, and this is this is why that's and, good, you know. So, what
0: is that thing that you keep talking about here that you're unpacking? The thing being James Bond, absolutely. The thing being I mean, the we, universe of James Bond.
1: The universe of James Bond. I mean. The big things for me were... Where did the films come from? You know, yeah, in, that, okay. in that sense of... There was obviously a recipe or, or, or a set of ingredients that the producers saw. There was obviously a mania surrounding these novels at the time. Mm. I feel like my historical viewpoint is weak. Right. And that I simply read the novel... Um, I'm just going on base understanding as to how times were and the brief introduction that paints the picture a little bit better in in this book in the vintage classics version Mm. who
2: does the intro in that book? Alan Judd Alan Judd it's an
0: excellent
1: read but yeah what was the question?
0: well what I'm driving at here Mm. is that I kind of want to get an understanding of what your bigger plan is here what's your bigger hope? what are you searching for? at the you know we kind of went out into the great beyond exploring the films with these big questions about what is bond what does bond mean to us and you know what is our taste when it comes to these films so what are you what is that for you now as we start to explore the novels
1: well look if I'm being completely honest yeah and this is not something i even thought about before we started talking and you asked that question great but my thing was it was just giving me so much detail as a director and filmmaker. Right. Uh, I feel like you, you guys might fantasise about being James Bond as actors, about playing him or playing a character. I fantasise about directing a James Bond movie.
0: Right, right. And bringing what you're reading life. And bringing to life. what I'm
1: reading to my life inside my own little directorial vision mm-hmm. mind's eye. You're doing a lot of painting. I'm up doing there a lot of painting as it, yeah. the book and the painting and understanding and, and a whole lot new understanding of like they really went I guess my big thing is they really went one way with it. You know? Mm-hmm. The the film franchise really went kind of down one road and, and there's a there's a there's something we'll get to and I know we'll all unpack between us that some concoction that exists both in the novels and in the films. Yes. The ties that bind Yes. <laughs> the <laughs> two Properties mm. I'm a little scattered
0: There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot going on There's, in your mind a, there's to get a lot in.
1: going on I'm- So do you, do you Did you set
0: out With a kind of Grand thematic a Question You know, no, but I guess why I'm exploring these novels. What do I really want? It it appeared
1: to me. I guess what I'm really looking for is knowledge, so that I can one day go and direct a James Bond movie. Fantastic! (laughs) You know what I mean? I feel like that's what I've I found so much in this. Yeah, cool. You know, I was just like, man, if you're going to do a James Bond movie, do that. Why not? Do this. Why haven't they done that? Why haven't Mm. they done that? Why haven't they done that? I was doing that. At every juncture, mm. you know. Even you touched on it. The, the 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 metaphorical. He's such a brilliant writer. I mean, to start with, mm. it's incredible how he positions us in Bond's mind, and mm. and and what immediately revealed itself to me was how philosophical and free thinking James Bond is. How poetic he is in nature mm. that he can look at a table and reflect on it. Resembling, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, well, a, it's a couple of different. A, it's a couple, a couple of battlefield, a battlefield lagoon,
0: yeah. or a swamp, or something.
1: Oh, like I was seeing it. I was seeing. It. I was doing the Spielberg thing and panning down on the poker table and having a little battle play out. You know what mm. I mean? Get inside. this is the first time I've really. Stepped inside Bond's head been aligned with his perspective rather than trying to guess at what he's thinking so the bizarre thing that I'm picking up on is that even though
3: it's
0: a book this is a very visual experience for you absolutely
3: Mm.
2: interesting Mm. did you not have that feeling though Jake?
0: yeah for sure I kind of there were lots of moments throughout this where some more than others, but there were times where I I kind of came out of reading a chapter or a sequence or something where i just felt like I was him Mm. or that I was at least in the room with him. Mm. Like, yeah, it doesn't really appear to me as a film as such, but it kind of in in a weird kind of VR experience. It was like kind of, I guess kind of get dropped like that little, uh, yellow cartoon man in google maps and kind of plonked <laughs> on the street
2: next to bond you know wait what there's a yellow cartoon man yeah, the yeah street you, the, view man yeah the
0: street View what? guy in google maps google we can maps. drag him across and plonk him yeah, down on put street him, view put him down.
2: it's a few years ago i
1: don't think it's in the build anymore i yeah. never saw oh that.
0: he's still there i use him all the time
2: really absolutely no,
1: it's a red pin now yeah? no 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 i'll show you after this oh okay
2: <laughs> yeah, please do <laughs> I had no idea that this exists. I've just been using it like a map, like a schmuck. <laughs> no, you can put yourself there, like I did, reading this
0: book yeah. with James Bond. Mm. No, so I, you can read? I can read. Wow. Fooled
1: everyone, didn't oh, I? With this little ruse of yeah, mine, yeah. Yeah,
0: playing, playing you for the fool.
1: Mm. No, and it no. was in an audiobook. But
0: <laughs> no look I actually had a tangible copy in my mm-hmm. hand same
2: edition that uh, Mr. Darby Deck has yes vintage? the vintage 007 yeah. mine's a bit better
0: well mine was given to me as a gift from none other than our MI6 expert in the field Daniel, Gra- oh, I've, Daniel Craig I've All progress, hard money. <laughs> I don't have any hard earned money Darby, so I had to I had to get my friend to buy it for me um No, I I absolutely love this Because we've just heard them I did have a few preconceived notions about the novel But to be honest, like most things I was going in completely blind Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know what to expect I was kind of aware of a sort of um, Fleming style I, I guess I was aware of that in, intuitively, too Intuitively mm. Because I've never read Any of his work highly influential Yeah I think that kind of Speaks to his impact Yeah His literary impact on What do you kind think is that, is that influence Because It's the detail right. It's the detail And because I, I say that because When we started This kind of joke Of you know The Night at the Roxbury And stuff like that mm. I, I was kind of Writing to this Bond
1: style, Fleming style, sort of thing. Well, just unpacking that a little bit more. That's what they talk about in the tr- introduction, where where Fleming emerged from and who his contemporaries are, and, yeah. and the shape of his impact. 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 I- impact. <laughs> impact. Impact. <laughs> um, but they talk about how the spy. This is Jud. This is Jud. Talks yes. about how the spy genre had evolved to a certain degree. This sort of this sort of um, overexplan. It's not. Flemington pioneer this style no. of, of, of description. It's sort of
0: been around it's, for about 50 odd years. Been
1: around, but what he did was he was one of the first genre uh, hybridization experimenteurs. Right. In that he took the swashbuckling heroic epic.
0: Yeah, the adventurous sort of And infused
1: of it with this equally popular spy genre. Mm. So, what he did by doing that was create James Bond. And he, alongside the Judd, also names Jean Le Carre... Yes. ...who took the, the spy genre that had emerged, but uh, kind of filled it with a more brooding, uh, atmospheric... George Smiley. George yeah. Smiley nature. Yeah. So, they're the, so they're the two voices, this is what he said, which I think was such an, an amazing point. When you think of the spy genre now, whether it be film or literature... You still think of these two men and their impact. Absolutely. We're still doing yeah. that today. Yeah, we might have perfected the, you know, perspective and whatever, but the technique of, like, even in s- things such as CSI, the over-explanation of uh, of uh, the technical, mm-hmm. yes, comes from Fleming. Yeah, that's he started it.
2: You know,
0: his DNA is all well, over him. Yeah, sort of. Mm, I, suppose so. genre. They,
2: I, I got very strong uh, flavours of um, Conan Doyle, actually, in ah. that. Um, particularly. Well, that's is yeah, is yeah, which, yeah, which you kind of look at it and you go, that over explanation. I, I hastened to use that word, but. Um, it's not quite that. It, mm. Yeah, it, mm. but that extraordinary detail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think one of the reviews called it fetishistic. Yes, I mean, yeah, Britannica it a great called word. it that, you know. I I, I was struck, the thing that most struck me reading the the novel, and I've read them before, I've read them all, but reading them now, having watched all of the films, was just how much was familiar to me from the films, Um, and Casino Royale, the film, is my favourite film, Um, but just how very different the character of James Bond is to how he is in the film, Mm-hmm how very different even vesper's character is yes. to what they've they've done in the film he's he's really i know we talk about bond being quite cold in in the movies but there is re, in the reading of this he is completely emotionally <laughs> shut off yes when he's on the job he talks about it being duty to country above all mm. and then when that guard slips and he allows himself to be vulnerable and he falls for Vesper and then her eventual suicide from the guilt uh, in, the, in the inn. Those last two pages... Wait, she dies? <laughs> <laughs> but though, I was struck by how much detail he goes into with everything up until that point and then those, that last chapter, particularly those last two pages. He kind of forgoes any of that detail... Mm. and Bond speaks in very... The, the, you know, the narrator, Fleming, and Bond speak in very sharp, to-the-point sentences and you just go, oh, he's shut off. And I was reminded of the line from Quantum of Solace, blinded by inconsolable rage. Mm. This thing of him going, I'm going for the enemy behind the spies. Yes. I The, the spies in their offices and their ties... Can be diplomatic and bureaucratic. I'm going to be a blunt in, blunt instrument, and I'm going to kill these people. Mm, he's going for the big fish. Yeah, it was just this great little.
0: Great so, little
2: do you agree with the reviews? Uh, well, I agree with the positive ones. I think I think look, Fleming has been historically kind of miscategorized categorized um, as being just a pot boiler. That these are pulpy little spy novels, you know, adolescent fantasies. I think in a, in a way they are, but when I say the word potboiler, I'm saying it with complete adoration. Mm. I, I just I couldn't put this down. I, I, I've read it twice in the last two weeks that we had for this reading. The first time I read it in one sitting, it was just go to woe. I was there. I was done. I just couldn't put it down. Mm. I thought he, he writes so excessively. Um, he writes with a really fascinating detail on things that just create a world beyond a world. Mm. Um, you know, the, the way he describes that poker table... Not the poker table, the the, the, the table when they're playing the game of Baccarat. Mm. That was extraordinary. Mm. The, the, <laughs> the dedication he has to the dinner between Vesper and Bond before he goes in and he's explaining the game. There was just great, wonderful detail. Mm. I... I one thing I couldn't get out of my head though when I was reading it was that I was like I completely understand why Quentin Tarantino wanted to direct this Mm. Yeah, why he wanted to make because I could not stop thinking about Tarantino actually just the way that it is structured Mm. you know that we jump in in this kind of moment with, you know, the scent and sweat of a casino and Bond is watching Le Chiffre at the tables and then we jump back in time to a briefing and we're there with M reading the briefing and then M gives that briefing to Bond and then we're on to Casino Royale. Uh, you know, the way that he's kind of played with the timeline yeah. is just, it's wonderful. And it's so, like, I was like, yeah, of course Tarantino wants to do this. The, 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 the kind of horrifying torture sequence oh, the God. way that the two, um, the two Bulgarian hitmen when they blow up yeah, um, in the uh, just huge and then I also saw little bits of influence on, on Nolan as well like the use of La Vie Rose throughout this novel yep. now I understand why it's in Inception yeah. that's why it's there mm.
1: I think yeah I mean look we, could, we should just dive right in I think further to your thing about Bond he's a man completely shut off In the field, I get what you're saying in the sense that um, he shuts himself off from others around him. But I was just amazed by the deep internal life he leads Mm. In, in that. I mean, I don't see Fleming as narrator when I read this book. I see the position as being inside Bond's head and I see it as being faultless in that regard. There are some st- are some stylings and moments of stylings where he has to step back to implement a bit of story, but I feel that most of the thinking is done from Bond's point of view. So in that sense, I'd almost argue that he never shuts off. That he's...
2: No, well, he, he, he does to the other characters. To the other uh, characters. Uh, of course, even as... Uh, Fleming as narrator. Yeah. He of course is going to tell us what Bond is thinking and feeling. Yeah. In the torture scene in in any scene just in a, a you know when he catches the, the Vesper's look. But I think Fleming switches quite a bit actually through this where he is he's not constantly uh, inside Bond's head. A key example would be when Bond is explaining the baccarat game mm-hmm. and it's that's from Vesper's perspective. Yeah. That 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 whole... That, that's about 25 pages, too, which is... Where she talks a, a good, like, yeah, 10% of the
1: book. But in even in that section, we're not talking about how Vespa is uh, reacting or what she's thinking and feeling. We're still, correct me if I'm wrong, with Bond talking about why he's revealing the information he's revealing?
2: Uh, we kind of go, yes. Uh, see, this was would actually be something I didn't think we'd talk about it so quickly. Mm. The, the, they're the kind of moments where I you kind of see that this is Fleming's first novel, where you kind of go, uh, whose perspective is this written from? Which I actually quite enjoyed, and that's another thing that made me think of Tarantino, is that we were kind of off on these different stories from different perspectives coming around to it. Like, um, Vesper. It's all talking about how Vesper watches him and saw that Bond had uh, let his guard down and allowed himself to see more feeling. And she was like, "Oh, I, I, she could see that glimpse of whatever in in his eyes." And yeah, then, yeah. and then when she tries to tease more of that out of him, he, she sees him shut off completely sure. again. Um, in the same way that when um, he, we're talking when he first meets Lighter at the bar, yeah, there's also that. But you notice thing how we seem to be outside of it. And then there are moments where we're right in it with him. Yeah. And I find we're right in it with Bond when Bond is, is up against the wall. When For his sure. emotional stakes are I guess why, sort of why, why I'm fooled into, not necessarily fooled, but why I sway into thinking
1: that the film is set from his perspective. The, bo- the novel. <laughs> the novel. That's going to happen a lot. Get used to it. <laughs> um, is that uh, it all seems to be feeding, though, his character, right? There's not there's yeah. not a plot that Bond's attached to. The plot is attached to Bond. I don't know if that goes on to be. I a,
2: think I yeah yeah. I mean yeah, he's our lead character. He's
1: Definitely. our lead character. But in terms of the way that we move through the story, it's always about what's happening to him or within his mind. I feel like he's figuring out new things, so we yeah. figure out new things. He, he sees characters kind
2: of most part. I mean, chapter two is Com- Bond's not doesn't figure.
1: I'm not necessarily saying that he doesn't. Remo- the narrator doesn't remove himself from... Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but, nor am I. But just to say that there's a lot... Oh, he I explores Bond's psyche
2: very deeply. Yeah.
1: yeah. Definitely. But I just Definitely. think that an important part of this is going to be that distinction between Fleming and Bond. That feels to me like a gut feeling is that we're going to run into this problem of, oh, that's Fleming's voice and that's Bond's mm-hmm. voice. And do you
0: feel at this point in time that your stance is that they're, they're one of the
1: same? I feel you forego the artist a little bit. I think you forego the writer. I think just a little bit... Oh, or at least I'm feeling that it's his intention to play... That's probably to disappear. a better way... You think he's? I think it's to... his intention to disappear and to place all his views within the mind of Bond. Well, the whole kind of suspension of disbelief that I enter into when
2: reading this thing is that I don't think about Fleming at all. Mm. It seems to you that's a big part of it. I, no, 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 no. I'm just talking about Fleming as narrator, him as writer... Yeah. Not talking about him personally, I'm talking but about... No, no novel writer if there are, is ever writing as himself. Yeah, but that's not what I'm saying. When I say McCarthy writes a sentence in The Road, I'm no. not saying that that's McCarthy's viewpoint. Yeah, well, it's not written in the first personal pronoun. No. But I believe it is all aligned to what Bond is thinking and
1: feeling. Is what it, I'm saying. Yes, 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 definitely. So the judgments therein is what I was getting to. The judgments yeah. therein of Fleming, which is a bridge we're going to have to cross. And I feel like we're going to have this easy way out of going, well, that's simply Fleming. That's simply Fem- Fleming exerting his viewpoint through Bond. But I think we need to, as a practice, remove that because that's not what this is. You know what I mean? Like a book is the character, and if Bonds a racist. Bond's a racist. It's not Fleming.
0: You don't think that that's Fleming?
1: I know that it's Fleming. I know that... A, Bond doesn't exist. That's what I'm saying. That's the distinction. Therefore, it has to be Bond. If it is saying that Bond feels that a woman is, is, is unnecessary, blah, 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 and that she's there only for sex and to have her hair pulled back, whether or not that's how Fleming has his sadistic urges come through, mm-hmm. they are Bond's perspective. Those moments. Because it's him choosing to do something or thinking about something. And I think it's going to be a difficult road to go down with the character. In many instances, there were things in this that scared me about James Bond. There were things in this that made my day brighter about him. I think he's a really courageous hero, but deeply flawed. Mm. But yeah, I guess for me, it's it, that was a lot of the journey for reading it was going, I'm getting angry at Fleming while I read this. But I was extra aware of the fact that well, no, hang on, it's all coming from the mind or mouth of Bond or the actions or the beliefs, you know? He, 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 gets the, he moves the character across the board, mm. but he, he's so good a writer that he is making decisions as the characters.
0: It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's a really deep philosophical debate that I think you're right is going gonna, is gonna to filter out through the entire exploration of these novels. Mm. Is this... How do you unpack a character alongside his writer and how connected are the two yeah one can't exist without
1: the other it's easier when there's a director and a sound guy and a composer and a makeup artist and you know to ascribe this sort of the mise en scene belongs to so many people when you Mm -hmm. analyze a film when you analyze a book it is funneling through the mind of one person and his editor yeah you know it's just a whole different thing for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and maybe too much for this podcast maybe i need to I think you that's know? part of the journey. I think yeah. that's going
0: to be really interesting, kind of, because for me, reading, reading this, I was acutely aware of Fleming's presence. Right. As, 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 as much as I did get dropped, you know, the Google Maps kind of guy dropped me right there, mm. and I was beautifully taken away, and I really got a wonderful sense of the escapism that I really love from Bond.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I talked about it with the films. You know, I'm all about this entertainment value, and I got so swept up. And just completely seduced by this whole lifestyle. And, you know, I just wanted to go and gamble in France. But there was still a part of me that was really... I kind of... I mean, not super... I'm just kind of articulating this for the very first time. But it's, it's a real feeling that I was getting of, like... I know that there's another voice in the room here. And it's not Bond, and it's not Vesper, or Mathis, or M. It's this kind of mysterious all-knowing other person
1: that was was kind of guiding me through this whole journey. And is that your position in most novels, would you say? Like, did this... It's weird. This is the first time I've ever had to analyse a novel for a podcast. I've only ever read novels, you know what I mean, and not had to unpack unpack my reading experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's made
1: me reconsider... Before I wanted to be a filmmaker, I wanted to be a writer. I, wanted to, I wrote a, like a book. I started writing a novel when I was 14 years old and wrote 300 pages of it. It was absolute <laughs> trash. But, you know, there's something about writing and scene structure which I adore mm. and can't get enough of. But, yeah, just this act. I was having to reconsider how I read. Yeah. and go, well, do I ever think of the narrator or do, do I let it go? I feel like because I read so much philosophy, I have a distinction between who is narrator and who is author of fiction. Yeah, sure. And I feel like author of fiction is given this sort of leeway mm. to place hang-ups on characters and have me either accept it or take issue with it. Mm. But a philosopher or a, you know, is really saying, this is my thought, mm. and I am the voice of the piece that you're reading and you know, there's yeah, it's interesting, because I don't read that much
0: fiction. Mm. I'm quite very much in the world of non-fiction, but mm. one piece of fiction that I absolutely adore are the Patrick O'Brien, um, Jack Aubrey, Matcherin series, Master and Commander, the big Russell Crowe. Yeah, you know, remember swashbuckling. you talking about those. And that, for me, very much positions Jack Aubrey, sea captain, yeah. as the protagonist, but you're acutely aware of the author's voice. Sure. And his historical accuracy is guiding you through and the different relationships and perspectives of all the different characters. So I guess, to answer your question, yes. I think, Mm. generally speaking... You've always
1: relied on a narrator in a way. Yeah, but I do feel
0: that there's a narrator, this third all-seeing, all-controlling, all-knowing voice. Mm. Brandon, what about you? In all of this, do do you hear Fleming's voice or do you kind of
2: get lost in Bond's... Yes, and I'm I'm kind of a little confused now because I don't... I don't actually know what we're talking about when we talk about the narrator. I'm not saying that, that Fleming has put himself in the novel as narrator, but he's written a narrator that is in the third person. Mm-hmm. And Fleming has written the book. And so that, when I say Fleming writes that, that's what I'm saying. He's the one that was sitting at the typewriter and blah, blah, blah. And I think the thing that, that comes through too is that in not only reading the book but having done a bit of... I've been reading the, um, uh, the Man with the Golden Typewriter which has Ian Fleming's correspondence with his wife, his friends, his editor and it's edited by a family member of his, Fergus Fleming. Fleming himself had said that it was an idealised version of himself. Mm. That's who Bond is. They smoke the same brand of cigarettes. They have the same rank. They have um, the same favourite food, scrambled eggs on toast. I find it very hard, knowing all of that too, to separate Bond from Fleming, and Mm. particularly in this. Not that I'm saying that that they are inseparable, but I think that there's a lot of Fleming being poured into Bond. Mm. And I think that's made mostly uh, apparent by the fact that we don't really dive into the other characters
1: no we don't yeah but that's that's exactly what I mean about the world being about the life of bond is like in relation to Vespa specifically I felt like when we were introduced to her in the novel I was so frustrated because she was designed purely as a sex symbol talked about before she came on on screen in my mind's yeah, eye yeah and then and then arrives and isn't, is barely looked at at Bond. But that was one of the keys for me in unlocking this whole thing that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. or trying to unlock it anyway, was that when Bond, not Fleming, or, or the author or the structure of the story, but as an organic form, the story being told, when Bond decided it was time to start looking at Vesper... We started looking more at her, mm. and we started to unpack her as a character when he had time for her. You know, there's, there to yes. me, there's that very clear distinction, and and then she becomes one of the most beautifully explored characters I think I've actually read. You know, I know it's a there was something about made mention of the cliched nature of the kind of after the baccarat table in those um,
2: oh yes. yeah reviews, yeah. and
1: to me it's like I know that it's kind of a tired story. But to me, the way it was written, I thought, 1953, a fucking st- a story about deep sexual tension and pinning all of those sexual tensions to motives mm. and making effort to pin everything and-, and paint the elaborate kind of web that leads to the sexual tension and not being about the sex purely. Mm. I think, why doesn't anyone unpack that about Fleming? About yeah. what that says about him? That, to me, spells a man that is very knowledgeable about what sex means mm. you know what i mean mm. it's just ah, oh, it really confused me <laughs> i i'm just i feel like i'm a light after reading it because i want answers that i know aren't going to come and well, that's what analysis is right yeah
0: yeah we might find them along the way and we might get a bit of help from uh from from some fact checking <laughs> or or from other people's um perspectives on this too mm. i want to throw a question out because I came across something on the back of my version, which is also your version, Darby. Oh, yes. On the back cover of our edition, it says, when Ian Fleming quit naval intelligence in 1945, he had a plan to write the spy story to beat all spy stories. you reckon that's true? Yes. Did he actually go out with that intention to beat the other spy stories? Yes, that are out there's,
2: there? a, um, there's a couple of letters, actually. I'll... Um I'll find where it is. He he wrote that in a letter to really? uh, to someone. Yeah,
0: because I thought that might have just been you know like a, a publisher or a new edition kind of you know trying to get some trying to get some eyeballs, a bit of clickbait kind of talking of going no 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 no. He was trying to he was trying to beat everyone else, and I thought oh, I thought he might just want to write a really cool story that he's had in his head since working in intelligence. Well,
2: here, here's here's something. This um, I, I won't read it all, but here's here's a quote that kind of. Feeds into that. Mm. This is a quote from Fleming. "'I really cannot remember exactly why I started to write thrillers,' Fleming recalled, in 1956. So three years after uh, Casino Royale. Mm.
3: "'I
2: was on holiday in Jamaica in January 1951, "'and I think my mental hands were empty. "'I'd finished organising a foreign service for Kemsley newspapers, "'and that tide of my life was freewheeling. "'My daily occupation in Jamaica is spearfishing and underwater exploring,' But after 5 years of it I didn't want to kill any more fish except for barracudas and the rare monster fish and I knew my own underwater terrain like the back of my hand. After all, after above all after being a bachelor for 44 years I was on the edge of marrying and the prospect was so horrifying that I was in urgent need of some activity to take my mind off it. So as I say my mental hands were empty. And th- although I am as lazy as most Englishmen are, I have a puritanical dislike of idleness and a natural love of action. So I decided to write a book. And then he did say in one of his letters that uh, his aim was to write the spy novel to, to end all spy novels. Mm. Well,
0: yeah, I get the sense that he's a really, well, he says it himself, an actionable man, an ambitious
2: man. I think he's also ridiculous. The reading I've done on him, I think he is—he's um, he's kind of actually way too critical of himself, right? And and I think that some of the uh, the, the way that Fleming is seen in in general is coloured by what he had written about himself. Yeah, he's too self-de. And and I think sometimes mm, he really he, revealed too much. Yes, mm. yeah, and and in that way that I think. English can do mm. <laughs> particularly of that time where they kind of uh, underplay and overplay at the, the same, same time. Mm. It's very dry the, ve- Yes, very much yeah, but, yeah. but cutting, yeah. everything is so wounding and it's just, yeah I don't know but but it's, it's funny that he says that because I've read so many letters and things about him where he's like oh I couldn't stand the idea of being married and falling and, and doing that and then that back half of the novel is all is an extraordinary love story yeah and he's broken by the fact that it falls apart the way that it does and that she's dead mm. yeah like that i'm just like what contradiction that is just in and of himself and how he sometimes i wonder if he knew just how good some of his writing was mm. yeah because you just kind of go that That's the interesting thing that I find with fleming is is like there is so much of bond in him and so much of bond i, I it, it's it's hard i mean I'll be interested to see how Bond evolves as it goes on, particularly as Bond as a character and Fleming as a writer were becoming more and more well-known. Yes. Because it's fascinating how much of an influence the films changed the novels as well. Once the films out... Because came they do start, start they,
0: coexisting, y- yes. yeah. when, when, when does yeah, they that do. happen? So
2: 1962. Because he's writing
0: go. all the way up until his death, which is, what, 66,
2: 67? I think... Does he last that long? I think 65. 5, right. 64. 64 he died. Okay. Yeah, okay. he died 64. Interesting. Um, and the last novel is The Man with the Golden Gun. So, God, it would probably Octopussy be... And then Octopussy
1: in the Living Daylights is what? it's not a novel it's a short it's like stories. short stories yeah. yeah it's a collection of different short stories
0: so i got a bit of a question because we're at the start of this whole sort of journey and i want to kind of get some big grand sweeping kind of thoughts from you gents one of the big takeaways and for me and certainly something that i hear being spoken about a lot is fleming's attention to detail mm-hmm. yes the meticulous kind of minutia that he can go into what what is it do you think about fleming's Particular writing style in regards to that detail that doesn't make it seem like a parody at least that's my kind of stance at the moment that there's you know when someone's kind of taken the piss out of Fleming's kind of yeah. level of detail but why him of all people can seem to create a genuine authentic moment and image by going into that kind of detail you know I mean at one point I'm reading you know Bond's congested nose and antrum. It's like yeah, the yeah. fact that we go
1: into that kind
0: of level of detail, it's like,
1: you know, I, I don't know. What for, do you think? For me, my instant reaction to that, and I'm going to sound like a broken record, but that that is, <clears throat> that is the, for me, that's Fleming trying to place us in a perspective. And I think that... Sort of permeation Of the present moment He's always talking about things that are happening Around him and in the room And goes into great detail around What Bond sees What he hears What he thinks What he feels What he smells I think it just It doesn't get boring Because it's elegantly written Mm. First and foremost The mind loves The eyes love following along with it So it doesn't tire And it paints a really unique picture I think that is at the heart of what the James Bond experience in the novel form will become.
0: Painting a unique picture.
1: Paint, painting that picture, the mm. painstaking detail. There's a line in here um, where he talks about, in, in this introduction by Judd, mm. which I, I might quickly read for you. Please mm. do.
0: I think I know the reference you're yeah. to make.
1: Bond never simply lights a cigarette. He lights a moorland with a triple gold band using his oxidised Ronson lighter. Yes. The point about such detail... Easily parodied, but hard to do effectively Is not only that it adds a particularity to a scene And contributes to character But also that it enhances the reality Of the imaginary world the author is trying to evoke Well-grounded specifics are particularly important to Fleming When it comes to cars and guns In making technical details central to the progress of his story He was writing in an already well-established thriller tradition Which is uh, identifiable as early as Erskine children's the riddle of the sands 1903 this good is where film. he talks about now this is a novel mm. this is all the novels films also talk- <laughs> oh, is it a film mm? oh there you go and there remains a living thriller convention with ever greater emphasis on the arcana of muscle velocities and forensic science so it's part of the language and toolkit of the genre of this it's mm. why it's acceptable because mm. everyone does it and it's kind of only gotten more and more detailed in different ways as time's gone on within the thriller genre is effectively what he's saying mm. and like that i make mention of the the csis you know totally. fo- focusing in on the forensic detail and stuff like that i feel like that's all part of a continuous conversation that didn't within start with the fleming genre. yeah he's the trying genre. carrying the torch and that that's thing. right that's what the genre does mm.
0: so brandon yeah. do you think i mean i'm not too sure how well versed you are in the uh you know thriller literary world <laughs> do you think that there's anything in particular that's unique to fleming's detail specifically
2: yeah the thing that stands out for me the most is just how high class and extravagant the sc- the scenarios are mm. the fact that he doesn't he doesn't just have steak for dinner mm. he yeah. has beef Tornadoes, Yes. You know, with this hollandaise sauce, you know. The, the the concept of an avocado being so foreign to 1950s audiences that it was a dessert served with Italian dressing. Mm. Yeah. Like, what a, that for me, I was just like, an avocado pear? What the fuck is that? I know, but they
0: said avocado pear. I was like, pear.
2: avocado pear? That must be... An avocado. It must... Well, I was like, is it a pear that looks like an avocado? Is it
0: a type of pear or is it...
2: And then it was... Looking it up, it's like no, an avocado pair is just an avocado. And I was like, oh my god, he she's having fucking strawberries and cream, yeah, and he's having an avocado, and and but the way he describes it, it's like this this kind of gourmand, you know, <laughs> experience. There's something about it where because it's funny when you were talking about John Le Carre um, mm-hmm. earlier. I think Fleming gets unfairly compared to him sometimes, like. There's debates, you know, done by Oxford University and that, where they're like, who's better, Fleming or Lucario? And it's like, well, they're, they're two very, like, they're in the same genre, but they're two very different things. It's like comparing Scorsese and Spielberg. Mm. They're two really fantastic directors. Different schools. That might overlap in certain, you know, mm. topics mm. when they're in different well, films. Scorsese to Palmer. Oh, yes, yeah, actually, that's a better comparison. Yeah. But. They're doing it differently and in their own unique way. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas I find Le Carre, um, particularly with books like The Spy Who Came In From The Cold and Smiley's People, he's very much obsessed with how espionage really was right. during the Cold War. Whereas Fleming's is kind of this, which I think you mentioned earlier, that it's the, the, the kind of Errol Flynn version mm. The of, swashbuckling. of a Cold War spy, yeah, mm. the swashbuckling. Mm. There's this kind of heightened, like it's a it's a pulpy B movie. Yes, that's what's happening? Yeah, on the pages of this thing. Yeah, but it just happens to be insanely detailed. And and instead of it being the kind of like the smoke that's in the air coming from like a dank sewage pipe, mm. it's coming from a triple gold banded Marlene cigarette. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you and know I, what mean, I mean, you know, there's a class to wh- it.
1: one thing. Mm. I, you know, the, the whole historical bent. But I mean, 1953. We're talking about a time where 99 out of 100 people reading this novel will never get anywhere near one of the rooms James Bond is standing in. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that exactly. transportive sort of quality, the travelogue, which later becomes so central to the films and a cinematic audience, Absolutely. was just as important in 1953 to the audience of readers he had. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, yeah, it, it, the, the, and the detail enhances that. It, it, it's like I can feel what he's feeling. Yeah. I, I want to be there. What he's seeing. I, I want to touch I am there. Yeah, that's yeah. the power of no, it, isn't it? I want to be there. They are actually. Oh my God, getting the experience.
2: Of yeah, it. mm-hmm. yeah.
0: It's an early form of virtual reality. You're yeah. actually plucking someone out of their when place you said in that time. Earlier,
2: mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this. I put on the really goggles, goggles and I
0: can, yeah, I can, yeah, feel everything, smell everything.
1: But what about how all that detail applies to Bond? What does that? What does that tell you, Brandon? About
2: well, that? It, mm. so this was um, uh, something that, that jumped out for me is is how obsessed Bond is with detail. Yes, um, is what kind of makes him such a good spy, mm. but is also what causes him to miss the things that are straight. Because he's right so in front he's so him. judgmental, so judgmental. He's
1: so judgmental, and he 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 is deeply psychologically flawed. Like. I, I went back through and I was looking for a passage and I finally found it about how the first clue of Vespa and how to a man of Bond's stature and intelligence, and even and even the way Fleming writes supports it, that Bond recognises a moment in Vespa which he should deeply mistrust. Yes. but he also goes, but we're not going to look at it. Is that because at Bond's the dinner not gonna table? It. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, he doesn't look at it because Bond doesn't look at it. Yeah. It's just... He's ugh.
2: so obsessed at that moment with either the, the ridiculous pleasures in his eating or the discussion of how to win a baccarat game. He wants to woo Vespa. Yes, and that he misses... That she, she played one of her cards there. Yeah. He saw one of her he cards. He saw one and,
1: and he chooses not to look at it. Yes. He is in that moment a bad spy yes oh, very much so. you know and it's incredible to see it it's yeah. incredible to see it because he pays for it and he feels the repercussions yeah. this is an inflappable bond this is a bond who I think is going to change chapter to chapter throughout the series yes I don't mm. think we're ever going to see the same man twice yeah. he'll have the same approach to a situation the same intelligence and wit but he's always going to be subtly different, mm. I think. Mm.
0: Well, mm. just jumping on that, too, mm. because one of your biggest gripes in the films was mm. you got really frustrated when Bond was a bit of a numpty. A bit of a yeah. numpty Bond.
1: This isn't numpty. That's this not is numpty human. Bond? This is human yeah. Bond. Okay, this is the right kind of flaws exactly. we want in this complex character exactly. that's going to keep us coming. This I can understand. This I can pin to something. Mm. I can't. Pin some stupid Tarzan suit. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I can't. Yes. I can't pin the decision to hide in a, in a monkey suit. Yeah, I, I, I can pin why Bond might not have cottoned onto Vespa then and there,
2: and I can do it really easily. Yeah, you know. And and the other thing too, uh, like on that, is how I never get the sense that Bond thinks he's going to survive. When, when shit hits the fan. Mm, no, he just has a great will to survive. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't do that thing where I think sometimes in the films and when, when Bond gets a little kind of tiresome to watch in the films is that it's like uh, he, know, he can just be smug and give a one-liner and eventually a gadget will save him or mm. he knows that the cavalry are coming around the corner. Like, when he's being tortured, yes. his thought is... Okay, I'm dead either way, uh, but I need to keep him here torturing me for as long as possible in case so that eventually lighter or Mathis will find him. Mm. But he's like, the more I know time I'm, I'm going to die
1: buy, the better."
2: Yeah and he's like, because he's like in, in that passage he's like, okay, I'm a dead man. They're not coming to save me, but I might keep him here long enough that they'll find him at least and my body. Yeah, cuz otherwise they're not going to find us. And he's like and maybe the girl will be saved. That's right. The
0: longer they're beating me up, the they're, they're yes. not beating her up.
2: Yeah. I th- that torture scene I think is one of the most brilliant passages I've read. It was pretty unbelievable. I I, mm. I just was like how Fleming can imagine that. Mm. I was just and I mean he must cuz he worked in intelligence and 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 during the war. Yeah. He must have heard some stories because the amount of fucking, like... Well, the fact that he taught, he makes pains to say that
1: this is the be- This is the most preferred method of torture, what you're reading here about a man getting his gonads yeah. whipped, yeah. Yeah. this is what
0: happens. It's so much easier not when the they're fingernail. a man because this is all you have to do. And this reading the between the to... lines
1: there, I was going, Fleming knows that this is what they do. They don't pluck fingernails, they don't cut off fingers, yeah. they strip your pants off, yep. and they hit you in the balls. And they go for the
2: tackle. That's yeah. right.
1: I think it, yeah, he's... Woo.
2: And, and that, that discussion, too, of how... Uh, um, they do it for just long enough before yeah. your um, nerve and nerves are kind of, not yeah. damaged. How yeah. he
0: describes it as a parabola kind of thing. Pain yes. as a kind of parabola. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. get to that climax of you ultimate stop pain, pain and then all of a sudden the numbness kicks in well it's in. almost sexual it does it becomes yes. this yes, sexual
2: right. experience weird, sexual, it yeah that he talks it's about pleasure and yeah. he's like don't if it gets to that don't give that away don't give that don't away give that away." to yeah. make this seem like it's still yes horribly painful <laughs> and it's yeah. like moments like that i'm just like that's sheer Brilliant. Well, yeah. I mean, Daniel this Craig complexity. read this book.
1: The way that he makes the yes. decision to laugh—yeah, that's oh, that. Yes. That's the sexual pleasure yeah. seeping through. Yeah, definitely. That's him not knowing how to react and laughing, yeah.
2: and then covering for it. You know, there's. Do you prefer the torture scene in the book or the or the film? Because I'll I'll say mm. I actually think I prefer it in the book. Yeah, I think.
1: What's the main difference? They're pretty similar.
2: They they are similar. I think. Um, I mean, he uses a knotted rope instead yeah, of a carpet beater carpet because beater, apparently the sensors yeah. were like, if you use a carpet beater, we n- it's too explicit, which I'm just like, okay, well, we still know what's going on with the fucking knotted rope. But there's this, uh, I think the way that we're in it for so long yes. in the novel, for me, I'm just like, it's more impressive I think, how, how Bond an, is. Bond
0: sustains himself for that long. Yeah. I think that was my thing. I didn't necessarily find the carpet beater overly um, intimidating as a weapon, as a torture thing. Mm. I actually had to go back and double check how it was being described so I could actually get it in my head. Because I, I just have that knotted rope <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you know burnt into my brain and mm. how... Le Chief swings it around under the frame And you know that's so violent I'm sort of picturing this little Swing,
1: f- Swings it off his leg
0: Fly swatter Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Fly swatter thing I'm kind of like I'm not really getting it But the fact that it does That we I, Again another one of these I think Fleming Fleming's strengths of sitting in a moment mm. Yeah And like for this full chapter Or you know two really when we first arrive Yeah the
1: endurance
0: of Bond and well, yeah, it's described as
1: being an hour. You're stuck there for an hour. Yeah,
0: yeah, mm. yeah. And this whole kind of journey within, it's not just a quick kind of, hey, we're beating the crap out of someone. It's like, we're really going on this thing mm. through these through this parabola of pain with Bond. Mm. That was, I think, the most impressive thing and the most kind of nauseating thing, reading that part of the book.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and one of the things that really struck me in, in the novel is that that's over the course of one day, Yes, when when he meets Vesper at the cafe, and then he he walks off, and there's the two men with the red and the blue case, yep, mm. and they explode, and Bond is fucking luckily Got enough back. behind the tree, yes. Then they go, <laughs> they have dinner, and then they go and play the baccarat game, and it's like fucking god in knows the what time in the morning. <laughs> oh, they yeah. go for dinner at like four in the morning. Then she gets kidnapped. Like we're talking, Bond's been awake for so long Mm. and we know what that's like brandon (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we do
1: i mean if (laughs) i could just slot in a bloody preconceived notion for what's to come yes what i love just just further i mean i haven't even spoken about it yet but the the structure and you mentioned it briefly that the arrangement of scenes and the way the narrative plays out and the sense of time and the way he plays with it in this one thought that i had was that geez i hope that fleming never stumbled across a formula Because what Mm. makes this so damn good Mm. is its organic, free-flowing form. Well, not even free-flowing. It's expertly constructed. But it feels so organic from go to woe. It's it's set in one day, most of it. yeah, And it goes, like, shoots through like that. I just hope that, as the film's discovered a formula, Fleming's trying to pump these out. I hope he doesn't start to produce the same thing and instead finds new ways through each time. Uh,
2: There's a couple of novels, actually, where... I think the biggest criticism he gets is that he doesn't follow a formula. Right. And so for hearing you say that, I'm like, I think you're actually going to be pleasantly surprised with where some of these go. Mm. Or maybe
0: you'll eat your hat and crave the formula. (laughs) Maybe. I
1: don't think I will. Interesting. Because I was just, this kept me guessing, even though I knew the damn story of Casino Royale and I knew Vesper would be a twist, you know, to expect and I was looking for the signs. Yeah. Yeah. It was still all new. Yes. In, in the most vivid way possible it was new mm. it was new to me I don't know yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. it's I, interesting I, it's a novel I've read a couple of times now I've, mm. the movie's my favourite I was still reading it over the past couple of weeks I was still getting that thing of like oh my god I'm completely this is completely different Mm. To To anything else that exists out in particularly in the cinematic mm. um, kind of franchise, it's a real pleasure to read it. It is i mm. I
0: was so amazed at how short the chapters were, or at least how they felt anyway, because well, I was like
2: two pages.
0: tearing through them. And it just, it, it just felt like it really moved at such a pace. Yeah. Did you guys feel that? What was your sense of time like when you were reading this thing?
1: I feel like I'm a pretty bad or lazy reader in a way. Right. I like to do... I don't know. I like to do little bits at a time and then long periods of reflection <laughs> right. let it sit let it sit go back for a couple pages it. let it sit yeah so I wouldn't it was definitely not a, a brief adventure for me right right I kind of sat in it for a while like you a know, good Fleming f- scene like good Fleming you sat scene in I it. sat in it yeah, and enjoyed yeah. it for a while and it might have distorted my sense of the actual time interesting because when Brandon had just said that was all in one day I was like no that was a couple that was a, <laughs> <laughs> that was a you know, couple weeks I was, you know <laughs> It's kind of, yeah. That was last Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's
0: interesting because mm. I definitely got a sense of the, of, of the pace. I don't know. Mm. I don't know if it's... Not this... to say it was
1: ill-paced. No no no, 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 no. But yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. how
0: that kind of experience, your reading experience sort of influenced... Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm a bit jealous of you in that sense because it really stretched out the experience. Yeah, because, it did. You know, this was a real lightning bolt sort of thing for me. Right. And there were late nights there where I was sitting up in the office reading and going... I need to go to bed, but I really don't want to put this thing down. Yeah. I was saying to Brandon yeah. like a few days ago, going, I now know what people got so excited, why they got so excited for books, because I mean, no TV, no cinema or oh, whatever. Yeah. But back in the day, this oh. was your entertainment. This yeah. was it. Yeah. And uh, I get it. Yeah, It absolutely. was so exhilarating. It's a movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a 90%. movie before the movie kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. It's like, this is, this is real entertainment. Mm. And that's what I'm all about.
2: <laughs> I've got, Wait, I've got do, a question. Can I ask you actually on Well, that? I'll think about because... it. Because... You're in the, with the films. You were definitely more of the the Brosnan, the fun time kind of blah blah blah. What
0: possibly gave you that <laughs>
2: idea, Brandon? But but this this novel feels very different to that. Do you have a very like? Is there a different expectation for you when it comes to novels than when it comes to the films?
0: I think there is now. I think there is. After
2: reading this, I I really
0: love. This bond and this world and this voice and style. Mm. It's certainly not, you know as much as I love them, dubs, a gadgetry whiz Um <laughs> Just because <laughs> I write them doesn't mean I am. <laughs> <out. laughs> I'm getting something from this bond and this and these books, or at least this one in particular. Yeah. That I don't think the movies can give me. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that might be an obvious thing to movie. say, Well, you can't read a movie, <laughs> yeah. can you? Mm. But I don't Lessons know. Have subtitles. Perhaps yes. In that situation, you can kind of read a movie mm. um, or a screenplay. Yeah. The type of Bond this is, the level of kind of complexity emotionally, mm. you know, historically, the the debates that he's having, particularly with Mathis in the hospital about. What what is good? What is
2: who? Who are the heroes? Who are the villains? Was, Should I resign? That was my least favorite part of the book. I really,
3: oh, that's interesting.
2: I, it um, felt it felt that that was the only part for me where I kind of went. Hang on, what's this? It, it it felt it felt for me a little out of place from where we were. I was kind of a bit like, hang on, is this the author having a a oh, bit of a talk okay. here? that the seed hadn't been planted for that earlier yeah, perhaps? Yeah, I, I I think it was more the, the fact that it, it, it... That was the only part of it where it really felt to me like Fleming was having an argument with himself.
0: Yeah, right. Let's use this scene as a kind of moral, philosophical debate yeah.
2: platform. Particularly with, with what Bond is coming out of at that point. I just felt a little... I don't know. i slightly, slightly too easy to get all it was just so succinct it was a little i I know what you mean there was a bit of it and not their relationship yes yeah and it didn't feel like that was their relationship previous to that no you know what i mean like mathis seemed very um for me when he was first introduced Mm. particularly when he comes in as the radio salesman yeah yeah yeah, yeah, i was like oh he's i mean it's karen bay and that kind of stuff Mm. but he was kind of like a guy who took great pleasure in his job. In the acting of it. Yes, yeah, so and was the just kind of like, oh, look, you know, here for a good time, not a long time, almost. Yeah, very much. And then, I don't know, Mathis became something else in that scene, where he became a bit like... Well, he was ultra-dismissive of Bond's yeah. kind of
1: philosophy. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I don't have time for you. He's yeah, yeah. like, what, you're not, you're not going to fight for he the state he anymore. He wouldn't be a friend of Trey Bond, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I don't know, but don't you, think,
0: don't you think the, the great showman, great entertainer that is Mathis is... Is dismissing Bond because he's being a bit of a downer of like, oh, don't think too much
1: about it, old boy. I Can think have so. Have a good time. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 I but, mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you. Go. Well, I, I did initially feel that that same instinct of this feels out of place, but I will say that it goes on to be quite a nice discussion,
2: for what it's worth. Yeah. The, the point is arguing.
1: I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Sure, yeah. Sure. It's not. It, it, it appears in a shitty manner, but then it, it's all right. I was okay with it. Okay. Didn't, yeah.
2: And, and mm. actually, that's one of the bits where I was like, oh, that's something that they put in the film. And I think their distillation of it in the film is, is actually, by it being more succinct, is way more clear. Right. And has more depth to it. It's the, um, oh, yeah, so you see, he said, still looking down at his bandages, when one's young, it seems very easy to, to distinguish between right and wrong. But as one gets older, it becomes more difficult. At school, it's easy to pick up one's villains, heroes, and one grows up wanting to be a hero and kill the villains, blah, blah, blah. Mm. It kind of felt like a statement, a kind of prophetic statement from Fleming as to the
1: direction of the James Bond mythology. Yes, you know, it, yeah. But it, it, so weird.
2: The, one thing that I was like, oh, that makes a bit more sense to me was mm. in the film, Mathis says that to Bond, right. whereas in the novel, Bond says, says it, to it to Mathis. Mathis. Interesting. Sure. Mm. So there's this kind of... I was just... I There was a part of me going, ah, oh, I, I, I like the conversation they're having, but it was just the stickiest part of the of the novel where I kind of went, Ugh. I don't know if this this sits right for me.
0: There you go, because yeah. I had a real moment in that scene. And there you go. And I, and I sat back after that thinking, well, that to me seems to be the ultimate question for Bond. You know, like when Mathis when Mathis says but don't let me down and become human yourself how could <laughs> yeah. we lose such a wonderful machine yeah. at the end of that scene I thought well that's kind of that's kind of it for me in a way
1: well he invigorates Bond as well in, in relation to, what about the people Smursh killing innocent people on the streets it's of totally all and, of that yeah, all yeah. of
0: that and, I, and I'm sitting there going well yeah I mean how human can Bond allow himself to be and yeah. that seems to be a bigger discussion around you know Vesper and all that kind of. he risks everything by allowing himself to feel human, you know, mm. like he's to open up and to let people in, to, to let the emotion in. He's risking his heart, you know, he's risking his mind, yeah. his sanity, but ultimately he's risking his life, you know, with all of the bad he's trying to get him and stuff. Mm. It's like, how, What? what is this line? And I thought that was really galvanized for me in that sequence.
1: And I think, do you think that myth-making was kind of, um, you know, I talked before about the organic, nature of the narrative mm. that sort of myth making the end and externalising of their positions did it feel earned in the sense that you saw it coming did you think they were going to go there did it feel right as it was happening that they were discussing these things I I didn't think he was going to go there Yeah, but I was I was I was
0: pleasantly surprised and mm. glad that they did mm. Yeah, it didn't feel too on the nose for me but I'm a cheap guest No, it did I I enjoyed
1: it. It didn't feel too on the nose for me, but it came close. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. You were kind of like, "Hang on, we weren't. We weren't doing this." I was trying to. I was trying to justify it as I was reading it, but then was swept along by it anyway. Yeah, sure. sure, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: Mm, Okay. Mm. Now look, I know we've talked a little bit about the torture scene. Already, yes. But I kind of want to get a bit more of a broader historical opinion from you guys. Not that we're experts, but I want to start. I want to kick us off with something with a bit of a something I've been mulling on. Because in this little torture scene that we've got, or not so little torture scene, Lachif says this is not a romantic adventure story in which the villain is finally rooted and the hero is given a medal and marries the girl. Yes, his Fiona Volpe. Yes, yes, yes. Unfortunately, these things don't happen in real life. So, I have two questions regarding this. One, do you think that is Fleming commenting on the state of contemporary storytelling at the time? And how accurate do you think his prediction is? And my second question is, do you think the Second World War is the primary reason behind this kind of brutal, fantasy-shattering, kind of deconstructionist approach to romantic adventure stories? It's interesting because... I mean, Fleming has been described as this kind of swashbuckling sort of adventure, Mm. but then when you have the main villain say, that's not real life, you're not getting away, you're not marrying the girl, this isn't how it happens. Do you think that we're kind of, at this point in time, 1953, writers and artists are sort of exploring this world of, after what we've seen, after what the world has seen... Mm the world isn't some Disney movie or some swashbuckling Errol Flynn extravaganza. This is this is where people get tied to chairs and tortured.
2: Yeah, I think that's something that goes for me in, in it where you can kind of see where it's the, the first novel as well. Right. Um, you know, it's his first time writing. I'm not saying it as a criticism of saying that he's a bad writer, but there is these moments of... Highfaluting, extravagant escapism, where he focuses on you know foie gras and you know the the specific brand of of you know Tattinger, champagne blanc de blanc forty three. Yes, 43. yes. Mm-hmm. And, I think you And that again. then he goes into those scenes where he goes, "This isn't that bloody world." You know what I mean? There's there's almost like two things that I feel like. Fleming's trying to explore mm. and I, I wonder how much that those kind of clashing not tones but those clashing, clashing investigations kind of, I wonder how they'll even themselves out as the series goes along and whether or not he leans more towards what Lashif is talking about because that did stand out to me, I was like oh yeah, 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 it's definitely not that but we have just spent a long time in fantasy land yeah So, yeah, I don't know. I definitely... God, I don't even know which one I prefer, actually. Mm. How do you feel, Dubs? Gosh,
0: what's the question? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's two-part, in a sense. It's like, do you think this... You know, Le quote about this whole thing of, you know, the hero's not going to get the medal and marry the girl and all this kind of stuff. Do you think that that's Fleming, in a way... Commenting on the current state or the contemporary state of, you know, adventure storytelling and this fantasy stuff. Mm. And how much of the effects of the Second World War do you think are kind of forcing itself onto artists and writers and going, look, after what we've seen, after the atrocities that we've seen, we no longer live in this sort of fantasy fun Disney world or we're kind of more aware of this really deep, dark underside of humanity.
1: Ah, see, that, for me that's a very difficult question to answer because it would take days. Yeah, y- Yes. Um, but I think... Gun to your head, what's your gut say? <laughs> I think the world-ending threat wasn't new. Sure. I think the world-ending threat wasn't new and, and, and didn't emerge out of... World War Two, right? Can't really back that up with anything. Sure,
0: but you think maybe World War One or other revolutions in the past atrocities had
1: been committed? People were aware of them. Sure, People and were aware have of been affected by absolutely. that. Absolutely, sure. absolutely. Okay, I think I think though that World War Two did very directly influence Fleming. Yeah, so he might personally be responding to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would align myself more with Brandon's thinking and the suggestion that perhaps Fleming is trying to a little bit. He hasn't tethered himself so much in these moments and is kind of having his cake and eating it too. Right. In a sense that, similar to your, your kind of theme stated in a f- film, mm, yeah. this resolution or discussion isn't necessarily what we should have ended up with. Do you know what I mean? Not quite. The follow along? Like the, the discussion of heroes and villains in the grand scheme of things and, and this isn't your father's fairy tale, etc., yep. etc. Cetera, et cetera. The fact that it's in the book alone is um, suggestion that it that it's it just comes from Fleming and it's not thought about because I don't think that it emerges from from the where story then, from the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We
0: don't have much evidence for this kind of discussion earlier kind of pimping. No, throughout. and even
1: Le Chiffre isn't a kind of all conquering villain. He's a he's a pimp and a money launderer. Yes. For, yeah. You yeah. know, he's he's not the James Bond villain that I think maybe dashes into our mind when we read that sentence like a Blofeld because the thing he's, talk- he's talking about what the James One film franchise becomes in that moment you know mm-hmm. what I mean <laughs> yes. it's, it's a about. weird bit of prophecy it's a weird it? bit like, of yeah, prophecy yeah. Yeah. and I, I'm probably more thankful that it is there rather than not there yes you know because uh, I think it's it's a great piece of insight. as you said Bren, this is his first novel he's going to go on to, to formalise his thinking and approach a little bit more I, maybe at this stage he doesn't even know that James Bond is coming back who knows who can really be in his side of his head at that moment yeah. when he's writing this novel and coming up with that phrasing yeah. maybe he's thinking you know,
2: bloody killing him at that yeah, point
1: like yeah exactly I yeah. think what I will say about the torture scene which we haven't really mentioned yep yeah. is what I think makes it such a lasting and brilliant piece of writing is that it probably hadn't really been done before in
2: literature a scene like that a scene like that yeah I wonder hmm It was definitely... I read a couple of, like, reviews online that were, like... That that, that was, like, the number one thing people were coming away from it with. They were like, I've never read a more haunting Mm. torture scene. Mm. So I think you're probably onto something there. I think that it probably right. had this, like... <gasps> like the Have head, you read Casino am The head That's spin in the, in the Exorcist, you
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> you know the head yes. spin in The Exorcist, that sort of... Yeah, yeah. is now so
2: common hat. But... The
1: opening theme song of the original run of Doctor Who, which used to scare <laughs> children. <laughs> yes. It has some of that stuff, you know, that, kind yeah. of, that capital S stuff. Mm. It, 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 and I think it's, you know... Whoa, the fact that it's even there is enough to... Get me going, yes, yeah, you know, yes. and the, and then the fact that he hits it out of the park so beautifully and makes me live it so fully, I was just going, I can't believe this was written in 1953. Yeah. I just can't believe it. Mm. Yeah, um, really makes mm. me want to go out and
0: and read some of his contemporaries just to see where the bar was at. Mm. You know, because we sort of talk about you know. Him going out to write the best one and beat the competition, kind of thing. And is he breaking formulas? But he's also mm. writing within a very well developed genre. Yeah, I just I want to know where this guy well, the
1: sits. The talkie and the and the and the Errol Flynn adventure and things. What he might be responding to when he's writing that is probably more the cinema, probably more the multiplex. When he's Maybe. saying it's not a world of heroes and villains, and the guy comes along and does this, that. Yeah. And <laughs> Come on, you, you know. And yeah. it's like, and I think that would give it credence to to being necessary prior to the torture scene at a contextual level because he's saying hold on to your horses readers this isn't the adventure story you know and love that Mm. I painted the picture to be Mm. we're about to do an about face and become something completely different Yeah, maybe that's him as an author justifying the next gear shift gear shift
0: yeah perhaps
1: something new and shocking and brave and bold yeah, maybe he he thinks the reader needs a little bit more material before we go there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this is all big thinking. It's <laughs>
0: massive stuff, and I love hearing everyone's different takes on it because my experience—I get you know—I mean, you're sitting alone in your house, it's dark, you may be a little bit scared, you're <laughs> reading the book, and you're having your own little experience. So hearing your different perspectives is really opening up my mind. And
1: oh, I'm so excited! It's it's, it's just
0: it's so it's just completely. I feel fascinating. like want to
1: end this podcast and have barely.
2: Scratch, Scratch the surface. Oh, so, so, so. I, I know, right? No. We could sit here for days. Uh, just on that, though. Yes. Uh, in terms of him not being the, the kind of the big grand old daddy villain. Yes. Mm. That in and of itself is like, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, man. And that's why he's so much scarier. Mm. Because he is just, he's just the head a, of the trade union. He's, in a, loo- a, certain he's part a loose of unit, too. He's, and he's, he's, he's part of a bigger... Machinery. Yeah. Mm. That it's not just Smirsh. Smirsh are part of MKVD or whatever yeah. it is. And they're part of Russia, which are part of the Soviet. Like, yes. like there is constantly huge another mechanism. massive thing over. So it's like Lashif is so sadistic and, and unbearable and intolerably cruel. Mm. And he's really nobody. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, right? In and, and the way that he's just so very quickly dismissed... By the Soviet... The Smirch guy that comes in. It's groundbreaking it's, stuff. It's like, oh my God, oh my God, he was meant to be the devil. Yes. But he's but, not even one of the, the top demons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... A it's bit terrifying. I know. While <laughs> yeah.
0: like, well, we're talking about him, what do we think of Le Chiffre in the book? Who did you picture... Because oh, when God. I read the dossier from M, yeah, yeah, I was not, <laughs> I was not getting the lachy. It's, from... <laughs> it's not Mads tell, to M- Mikkelsen. It's not. tell you
1: who I had. I mean, I said I didn't really see faces. Yeah, but you to got you a sense gents of before. I got a sense of someone. Uh, ah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, oh really? Yeah. For me, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh wow! The man, man. that wants to be Brandon McClellan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or oh, yeah. oh, wanted. Well, careful. Um. Yeah, no, there was a real sense for me of this big slimy, messy, yeah. gooey, stinky kind of thing. Oh, he would have done a great job
2: oh, if yeah, they yeah. stuck
1: to that look in the
2: yeah. film. Yeah.
0: Oh, Philip Seymour
2: Hoffman LaChef. Yeah, mm. I'm particularly thinking actually you brought it up earlier, but another Mission Impossible film is his yeah. villain the yeah. Rabbit's Foot in the m- interrogation scene. Yeah. And,
1: and I mean, one of the most startling changes that I thought Oh, I was just like, "Fuck! Why didn't they make it Baccarat in the movie?" Was the fact that Lachif was the dealer?
2: Yes. yes. Oh my god! Yeah. I love that. How
1: yeah. amazing!
2: And it's all his money against everyone's, rather yeah. than everyone having a slightly equal stake. Yeah, yeah. And it makes him way more impressive mathematically. Absolutely, too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. he
1: is Lachif, the number. Yes, you know, yes. yeah,
0: the cipher. Yeah.
1: Oh, his dossier—the way we're introduced—and I mean, I don't. We're going to do our MA6 regulars talk and stuff uh, later. But the way he's introduced in relation to M as well is perfect. Yes. You know, to balance him off M's perspective on the man as he reads about it. I think it's a great way to introduce the character. And we get
0: to go through all of
3: that.
1: Yeah, we we get to go through it all with
2: him. Yeah, That fantastic moment. I've never had this in any other book. And it was another thing that kind of made me go, thought of Tarantino a little bit. Was when we're in the middle of reading this dossier, and then he goes all of a sudden column. he goes, "What the fuck does this mean?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <You're, laughs> and only you hear it's a
1: record scratch moment, yeah. 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 And, and we're like
2: out of, out of this yeah. established format yeah. of oh. here's a document, and then we're into a scene, and then we're back into his, the document. I was balance, like, "This is awesome." His right?
1: balance of perspective—I mean, this is the sort of stuff when you think about filmmaking—and John Glenn, I talk about being a pioneer of perspective in the in the Bond films. Yes, yes. Yeah. Ian Fleming. And and the way he positions the audience, the 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 camera of the mind, yep. is incredible. That you can be there. the the, the oral sensation of of voice in his own head is pervading yours. And then he snaps out, and you see his anger, and you feel the tension in the room. The room becomes awake again.
2: Yes, yes. you know, yes.
1: it's it's incredible story.
2: He's he's really breaking form, mm. like fucking early on in this piece too. Yeah. That was one of the things I was most struck by was just how he's not following what other people would be doing you know he's own just thing. like no fuck it uh, you s- would look up from that because when m looked up from that going H- what does this mean just write it in english I was up to that point. God, that was the straw that, that so... broke my yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. I was right? like, why yeah. is that in French? I can't have my phone on constantly while I'm reading. <laughs> Google I Translate. don't speak French. I hate when there's too much foreign <laughs> yes. language in a book. <laughs> and, and when it happened at that moment, I was like, oh, my God, that's exactly Paul what I am McCarthy I'm does it
1: with Spanish all the time. I'm oh, like, oh, and right. There's like pages yeah. in Spanish. Like, and yeah. I can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite interesting that you know, we're picking up on this fact already that it seems to be no wonder... Yeah. That this s- series of novels were picked up to be turned it's into films. There. Yeah, it's there. that he
2: writes almost. I kind this, of wish Zayda has as, as bold as Fleming was, though. Absolutely. Like I, I mean, know we they, pray, we praise Terence Young, but if, you they're, wonder they're pretty safe comparatively to this, aren't they? Oh, are well, they are. I mean,
1: yeah. they, these y- you make. I mean. I don't want to get my ideas
2: out <laughs> yeah, yeah, Don't give them away for free. <laughs> don't give them away for
1: free. But you make one of these puppies, page for page, set in 1953, the same scene structure, the same scene order, the same dialogue, you got yourself a banging hot movie. Yeah, it might not yeah. be your quintessential James Bond film. It's something new. Yeah. You know, and it's been waiting to be made since 1953, mm. and I know there's a lot of its beating heart in the modern 2006 cinema.
2: Yeah, but it's not. The, it's not. It's more... very different films. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's. it's oh. mm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Before, well,
1: we got more to talk about Le Chiffre.
0: I was going to say yeah, I don't, yes, don't want to yeah. move on too much. So, fellas, yes, I wanted to move on just then. But Darby said he's got more to say about Le
2: Chief. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Right? I think we... Well, yeah. I think we could talk a bit more a, about a, the about, man. about him. I think... Um, what was it that I found really... Oh, the the way that Fleming characterises um, his... It, in, it starts in the briefing, but Bond kind of picks up on it a little bit later. Where he, he bought the brothel, not because that was a prudent way to kind of embezzle money he wanted to enjoy the prostitutes he just wanted to yes yeah. screw the girls and yeah. it's like that just that opens so much up about this bloody guy Ugh. and then you're also like oh he's brilliant but he's not all knowing mm. like he has caused the trouble that he is in absolutely and and I was just like it's just, it's just brilliant like whereas in the, the film I know I keep going back and forth between the film but one of the things I've I mean, one of the many things I seem to be preferring about the novel to the film. In the film, Le uh, kind of betting against the market and setting up terrorist attacks, you know, it gets foiled by Bond. Yes. But it's not because Le Chief's idea was a bad one. Whereas in the novel... His idea is doomed from the start. Yes, mm. like he has dug himself into this kind of disgusting pit. That law being passed. Yes, and, that, <laughs> and that, taking the, and the just fucking legs from under completely v. devalued
0: all all of his investments. Yeah, and this incredibly gross and purely self serving kind of monster is now desperate. Yes, desperate to you know win back his you know fortunes to pay off the,
2: these. These debtors who are out to get him, and, and I kept thinking about uh, the the agent that they say is embedded, the female agent that's embedded within Le Chiffre's, um, oh o- yeah o- o- operation uh, eighteen thirty or yeah something, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah oh i
1: have vague on this one what's this?
2: oh it's like very so briefly, briefly mentioned in the beginning in the, like in, in the dossier, dossier. yes yeah. um, they're like oh there's this female agent of of you know NATO or MI six whatever um, that's embedded. That's like one of his mistresses, yes. but yeah. it's giving us information. And I was that's like, "What right. a horrible job! Oh yeah. <laughs> no! <know>. Oh yeah! <laughs> what an what assignment! Like, the torture that Bond went through. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> no. Nothing. Yeah, that poor woman. Oh, that it's poor it's gross. Woman. It's gross.
0: He really did feel gross. Yeah, didn't he? Like. There's a part of me that watches the original film. Well, well not the original film I should say, but uh, the, we'll watch the, that the, tomorrow. Yes. The <laughs> two thousand and six yep. film. Yep. And I think Dabs, you might have even said it too when we reviewed it, was that there's a part of La in that movie that's like he's attractive. He's stylish, he's sharp, he's sexy. He's kind of like, yes! Yeah, it's Matt Mickelson. It's you Matt I mean, God, he's in all black, he's in suits and everything. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, yeah, he's the bad guy, but come on. Yeah. With this, it's like, I don't want to borrow this guy. Yeah. Like, he just oozes this, I don't know, not villainy,
2: but just kind of grossness. And, and the, the big surprise that he speaks uh, flawless, unaccented English. Yeah. Mm. Once he finally speaks to Bond. Yeah, I was yeah. A pri- and I
1: mean, he's a prisoner of war, of the concentration camps.
2: Well, well yeah. maybe. Because it has got oh. that whole kind of backstory, that, huh? Uh, yeah, the weird like question mark that's like, Or well, he doesn't remember this. his... Yeah, and they're like, yeah. we think he's faked, faked the blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. But that's the interesting history. you say that because that and something else, I was right. like, hang on, is Fleming giving us the actual answer here? Yeah, because I took it to mean that that he had taken the opportunity
1: of being a prisoner of war and the clean slate presented thereafter to build a new name,
2: alias and
1: history for himself. Yeah,
2: I was wondering that too. It's mm. like, are the, do the British have all the information And also here? the number, the ship, you know, yes. there's yeah. kind of this whole thing to it. Well, it's funny you say that because I wa- one of the big questions I wanted to put to you, and it's, it's kind of a bit of a sidetrack, but mm. it's um, coming out of the conversation. Let's go. Do you think Vespa wrote the letter? Oh, at the end. At the end. Yeah, I think I think that is what it's what Fleming wants us to. I to mean, think.
1: It, the first paragraph. You can't. It's too cruel to suggest that anyone else did.
2: Yeah, I think the only thing that was going through my head was that we've already had that the faked letter that she wrote earlier, which mm. she chucked out with the with the handbag into the the bush yes but like that adolf gettler guy that was following her through yeah the roller, yeah i was the... like god imagine if uh, there Did was just writing going oh god maybe she didn't and i don't know maybe that's me trying to be like oh no come on Ex- she can't <laughs> have been yeah. like oh it's god very 21st century expectations yes yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and it's it would just be too heartbreaking but I, because, I think I mean you that first
1: paragraph think. made me cry more than the, that's the final scene in the film yeah. when she says you know you don't know yet what I've done these are the last moments in which you love oh, me I love God. you farewell my sweetheart or whatever yeah. she says it's like what that's what yeah
2: it's really horrible no no uh,
1: imposter would think to write
2: that yeah that's 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 very true I think it was just because there'd been so much um, beforehand where I'm like. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. What am I meant to believe here? Mm. And if I was Bond in that moment, I, I, yeah, I think there would be that part of me going, no, you no, couldn't. Surely not. Mm. Surely not. But you're right. That, that opening paragraph is like, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. But isn't... They're good if
0: they're making that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But isn't it just a wonderful possibility and a testament to kind of yeah. Fleming's kind of, I don't know, this whole he... thrilling thing of like, mm, I don't know, the fact that we're discussing this matter? Of, yeah. Like, mm. It just puts you right on the edge. Like, oh.
1: But no, oh. she did. She did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She did. One little image I wanted to share with you boys. Please, uh, I did get that. <laughs> Put it away. Where in the car chase scene when uh, when Lachif is driving his vehicle?
2: Yes. Oh, the Citroen, the, the little yeah,
1: Citroen. You know who came into my head? Oh no, J W. Grandma Saballis Oh. are you serious at the end of On Her Majesty's when he has the Tommy the really? gun I know he's not driving in that but the idea of of the big fat man piloting this car at the absolute limits and those old cars the way they steered it would have yeah. just been a
3: night.
1: you know I just had this image of that Savalas I don't know skiing yes. down the hill this sort of lunacy or kind of this crazy—that was just my interpretation picking up, but I just—he was a wild creature behind yeah. the wheel of that car. Oh, there you go. and I love how he's also described as—sorry, Jake—also described as like an expert in small arms, and like yes. there's this real physical threat to him, and like this—he has an ability to fight mm. if, if you come up against yeah,
2: him Yeah, he's not just a short, fat man. He's you, you still can, actually he's quite lethal. And guns and yeah, pretty lethal. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: What were you going to say, John?
2: I was going
0: to bag you out. Uh, well, uh, well, I'm not really going to bag you out. I'm kind of going to bag myself out because i got a confession to make. Did you have the same Burr. thought? I had the exact same goddamn image.
3: <laughs> really? I thought about
0: I it. saw Grandmaster <laughs> Alex behind
1: the wheel of that car <laughs> with these <laughs> two little henchmen holding their guns. Yeah, B- was, a- I
0: just <laughs> had this <laughs> flash of the yeah. very end of Honor Majesties <laughs> 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 <with laughs> of the old period cars and it. the big bulky men.
1: Ma- How's that? Ah,
2: it. Ah, it's weird. Brandon? I know I had. There you go. I didn't have to but I, I'm glad he's still in your mind.
1: I think at this point on, on Bond missing details, and we've already spoken about the scene with, with Vesper after the win where. Um, or is it after the win or is it or is it before? Because there's the two there's meals. The two they have. I just remember there's this moment that just came to me now mm. where we talk about Bond choosing. Not to see things. Yes, there there is even a uh, a justification or or a chain reaction in his behaviour towards Vespa, which is disgust, if you can remember, where he suddenly turns quite icy towards her. Do you remember mm-hmm. this description? Oh, yeah, in, during the the baccarat when he's talking about the baccarat. When he's talking about the baccarat, she yeah. says something that rubs in the wrong way. Yeah. Is that is that the moment where he's? I wonder. Is that the moment where he sees a glimpse of her truth? And then, and then that's his psychology going, build up, build up, wall, build up, wall, get angry, get icy, get yeah. distant, because I'm not going to look at or face this truth, so I'll go distant. And then we, we switch to Vesper's perspective as she feels on the out, as she feels distant from him, and she tries to warm him back, and slowly he comes back to her during the evening, yeah. and the warmth opens up again. I just wonder if those two things are tied. Do you reckon he... Are you suggesting that Bond is on to Vesper? Yes, there's clues that we pick up, but the psychology of Bond in that moment goes, I'm not going to look at that, I'm not going to see this right now because I'm charmed by this woman, or whatever his justification is. But what Fleming does with Bond in that moment is makes him icy and distant to Vesper. There is this description, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I know the description you yeah. mean. But you're, you're, but you're suggesting that Bond is aware that Vesper's a, a double agent?
2: Not knowingly. His, uh, his subconsciously. Instinct, subconsciously. Right, right, right. Mm. That, that's yeah, okay. That's fascinating because I, mm. you bloody well could be right because I took that moment to be that he was um, having a moment of like falling for her, mm. and then catching himself going, "No, you stupid idiot. Stay professional. This is why well, you it don't can, have to be that, women that too. On it's a really complex yeah, moment. There's that, yeah, there's yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Multiple things going. Yeah, absolutely. I really liked that moment. Whatever it is, there was something about it where I was like watching. Watching Bond let his guard slip and then kind of hardening
1: just, up again. Just the way that he puts everything on the page, but doesn't necessarily tell you what he's doing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. will put a reaction and have it sit as a reaction or a moment that Bond does something and it makes him feel this way, and he does that. But then he moves on quickly and doesn't just stay on it. Yeah. Well, it still gives you a job as the reader to it, it go. Does. Hey, on, what's that all about? Exactly. Yeah. It's just really economical. And layered storytelling. Yes, I don't know how much of it is intentional. The guys a fucking savant. Like if this, is, <laughs> if this is his first novel,
2: yeah, he writes brilliantly. He really does. Mm. Shall we talk about it? Vespa? Yeah. Yeah. All right. all right. All right. All right. Is there a moratorium on talking about her? Or? Uh, no, no.
0: Right, well, I'm, I'm just conscious to move too fast because I know there's so much to talk oh, about. I, feel I don't like, want to skim I over things,
2: like but. That- I feel like we're getting into the characters now. That yeah, feels that, that feels seems to
1: be right. the Way through it, right? Yeah. We're figuring this out as we go along, ladies and gentlemen. Because yeah.
0: I kind of feel like Vesper more than any of the other characters that appear in this uh, universe. Um, I'm, I, and I'm sort of speaking between the film and this novel is the most significant for Bond and I wonder how you feel about the book version compared to the movie version are they one and the same are they both very different I think they're did very, you get something yeah. more or something that you didn't I'd
1: something? be I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a tie you know between mm. them there definitely that is that binds yeah. <laughs> a tie that binds them oh, I, yeah. I definitely was reading the book thinking of um Eva Green at times and and thinking of the relationship in the movie and it was colouring my investigation of what was happening on the page and this, that and so forth. Mm. But I think I said it earlier about seeing Vesper grow via Bond's... Uh, as Bond gets to know her better, the reader gets to know her better is an easy yeah, way of yeah. saying Yes. Initially, I didn't think much of it. Right. Is my... Is yeah, my I, I was the same.
2: Yeah. I, I found when we I had that w- first scene worried. and she was like, oh, he looks like Hoagie Carmichael and then the glass blew yeah. up. I was like thank God the glass blew up because <laughs> that wasn't heading yeah. in nice no, no, that <laughs> I, wasn't, I, was, I was like alright oh, I don't care yeah. <laughs> like I yeah. didn't care much
1: for that character yeah yeah but then yeah she becomes something much more laid and, and in depth but no she's not Eva Green yeah. if that's what you're asking me do you
0: do you do you buy the romance do you buy absolutely. the love and the pain absolutely and all
1: absolutely that? I do yeah, yeah I yeah. think I mean when you look when when you the full picture is laid out in front of you You learn about, and which the film follows a similar path, where you learn about her embroiled lover, the RAF agent, Mm -hmm. um, who's being tortured and kept against her will. I truly believe this is a woman trying to act to save someone she's in love with and then faces the very emotional confrontation of falling in love with another. Mm. And, and And there's so much psychoanalyzing you could do of her actions in that last part, passage, but part of the book, you know the love story that emerges at the chateau, the hotel, whatever it is. Mm. It is, I mean, say what you will about Fleming and his view of women, and she is treated as an object at times in, in the novel. Mm. but God, the psychology that she presents that's, that's a woman torn. The, the way that she's painted in, in those final kind of chapters oh it's horrifying it's, it's horrifying and yeah. it's very very real mm. and and yeah for me Vespa just comes alive the, her fear that she's being followed the the pervading sense of dread that surrounds everything she does that she mm. can't stay in the present moment without flicking back to the past she's cold she's warm she's She's a real living, breathing human being and Bond's just trying to make sense of her. He's trying to keep mm. up because he's so desperately in love with her. They're in love with each other. There's mm. no denying it. Mm. Um, if the Bond woman becomes a, a, a standard approach for Fleming, I worry that they'll never reach that this level of depth. Brandon,
0: the film is obviously very dear to your heart Yeah, and what we see Bond go
1: through. Yeah. Mm. Can, do you think... Sorry, Jake same question obviously from him but yeah. is there kind of obviously you can't have the vesper in the film without the vesper in the book
2: yeah that's right
1: yeah mm. uh, they they weirdly feel very different um i think you said that as well but there's something that really just joins them together as one almost amalgamous image but the i don't know
2: it, there's, physical, there's yeah. an interesting thing when you were just talking then i was kind of I started to think about how both the film and the novel are exploring a similar thing with that character, mm. but they do it in a, in just such a different way. Mm. I know that the the Eva Green's Vesper in the film is is tortured and split, and I find it truly heartbreaking when she has that moment where she, um, you know, locks the the elevator door. Mm. But there was something in when they're sitting in the the, the kind of the meal room, I think, mm-hmm. at the inn. Yes. And Vespa kind of she freezes and she's looking over Bond's shoulder and and Getler is there with the eye patch, and she's like, "That's the guy. That's the guy that was in the car. That's the we guy that was following us." Well, we have the eye patch Which, guy, it's a but, but it's, it's, we don't get Vespa's terror. No, we, we get that movie? like little shot in the where she's in the boat going. <gasps> who's that man and then we leave it there Mm. it feels like that's an easter egg for people who have read the novel more than anything for the film yeah yeah um but that moment where she's like, and, and Bond's like, oh, come on, don't be so stupid. I mean, how, I didn't even get a good look at who the bloody guy was in the car. I think, you need to relax, yeah, you're on It's probably just a travelling salesman or yeah, and, yeah, and there's that thing where Bond's kind of, you're going with Bond where he's like, oh, I'm rationalising it because she's still in shock from the events of the, the torture. torture yeah. Which is
1: so justifiable. Yeah, because he has no fucking he's idea still what happened He's still in raw her. state from the torture. He's Absolutely. similarly emotionally wounded. Yeah, you know, He's trying to make sense of the world again. At the same time she is. Yeah. There's so much... There, there's this, you know, each, every person is an island and no two islands ever meet. And yes. Bond's yeah. the, the one quip in the book, well, maybe we can form a peninsula. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yes. it's like, that's so... That's such a, an apt metaphor for Bond and Vespa. They really are two islands, both so distinguished from one another and suffering individual experiences but joined by a shared experience. And you see this... Very complicated deconstruction happened. It's almost decompression chamber that this hotel room causes. Yeah, you know from the experiences. Fatally, yeah. yeah, it's just um, I don't know where I was going, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so doomed. Yeah, it? it is. They're ill-fated
0: yeah. lovers, kind of thing, aren't they? Really? Did you did you find that Bond was hooked the first moment he he, he no, met I her? I have a note about this that
2: I. He's definitely. When did it click for you guys? When did you go? Oh yeah, the hospital, right? I think that's that's when he he falls in love with her. I think before that he's like, oh, she's very beautiful, and he talks about how he even in the car when she had the dress tied up around her yes. head that he was still a bit like, oh, oh, look hello. At those legs, yeah. <laughs> but before that, there wasn't really much romance, I think, going on. But then when she's there every day and kind of bringing flowers and asking for him and then she's always there having conversations with him as he recovers I got that real sense, I mean I got glimpses of the English patient actually through through all that but that's when that really hooked in for me and it's where I, I kind of see where I think one of the Reviews I read out earlier was like, oh, they're they're two different books. You should stop after the Baccarat game. I'm like, absolutely not. The second book is is just as gripping and thrilling. Mm. But it it does, they do feel like two very different stories. But they they can't exist without the other. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, But yeah, that that whole back end, the back third of the book is just a wonderful tragic romance. Yeah, but it's the hospital for me. I
1: think he does. I mean, uh, it's hard to distinguish what are the, the foreshadowed moments of a novel yep. and what, a, what is Bond, because your question was, do you think he loves her immediately? Well,
0: when was he hooked, do you think? When when was
1: it for you? <sighs> I mean, on page 44, when he first meets her, he says he's quite honest to himself about the hypocrisy of his attitude towards her. Mm. I think she's immediately a conundrum for him, mm-hmm. and that's as far as I'd venture Right. In terms of how she immediately appears. Interesting. Is that she's definitely a conundrum, mm-hmm. and she's definitely set up in the reader's mind as someone who we will unpack later. Yeah, right. But beyond that, I don't know. When is it love? When is it love? It's definitely lust before it's love. Hmm. Um... I want to say... I don't know. It's hard. I'd probably, Brandon, the, the bird, I I would say slightly differently Brandon I I think he's starting to realise he loves her but I don't think that's the moment he falls in love with her Right. I think in the hospital bed when he sees the the full extent of her beauty and grace he definitely does go I am in love with her Mm -hmm. but I think he'd thought about it before or at least entertained it his selfless act of heroism in the torture hoping that or thinking of her in his moment towards the end are a big sign that she's very important to him for
0: yeah, yeah. that
1: his mind didn't go to some other girl to some other place that I went to her mm-hmm. so I would maybe argue that's when he's in love with her Yeah, but I don't know because so. this
0: is the woman that he wants to marry
1: it is that was a yeah. shock to me Yeah, that, that was... Bond was
0: entertaining that, that idea that was a shock
1: to Vesper Yeah.
0: yes <laughs>
2: When is it
1: for you?
0: I would go further to you, Darbs, and say I actually believe that she penetrates Bond the very hello. moment... Hello. Hello. The very moment they meet. Really? I I actually think, even in that very early scene, that there's a quality to Fleming's writing that, for me, suggested that, probably more on a subconscious level... Mm. That... Bond is already infatuated and preoccupied
1: with this mysterious woman. Well, here you go. I think I've got it. Bond was excited by her beauty and intrigued by her composure. The prospect of working with her stimulated him. At the same time, he felt a vague disquiet. On an impulse, he touched wood. Mm. What the hell is
2: Fleming saying there? What is that? (laughs) Yeah, well, that that for me feels like he's going, keep your mind on the job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't fuck her. She's your colleague. Mm. that's the disquiet you feel? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that mm. thing of like, God damn it, I'm going to sleep with her. Yeah, mm. right. Because she's too beautiful not to.
0: It's interesting because I feel like the uneasiness that he's feeling in that scene...
2: Mm. Could be perceived is, as being love. Is
0: the love. Is the this boy. kind of feeling for me. Mm. That was that was me of like, well, the fact that, you know, the, the little section here, it says, The girl sat silent. She smoked one of his cigarettes without affection. Her movements yeah, were economical he's and precise. Obsessed with her, it's, he's, he is—he's obsessed with her, even though she's doing everything. nothing. He is, yeah. And I, just, but I just got a, I just got a feeling without knowing really anything about Bond's history with women, apart from the fact that he calls them for well, you recreation. Don't, you don't know, have to know anything. This no. is
1: this is Bond's history with women.
0: Well, and that's what I'm getting from this yeah. moment. Well, I kind of feel as though that this woman is unlike anything that Bond's ever really met before, because of this. Preoccupation That he seems to
1: have It's like Bond felt her presence Strongly But he does talk later About the romances That And the pattern of romance He has experienced That's With women That's true that the, the, the first initial Last of the love, and, the love. Flat, flat. and also That he's thinking Until those Even while he's swimming Repairing himself That she's just Another one of those Or, or on the approach To the yeah, he's like, oh, she
2: could be. She could be something just else. a goodbye and a, on a rainy doorstep. Yeah, yeah, but but there were there but is then still he goes something. That instant, that's the very next sentence is him going. But he knew that she was more. I don't know what the exact yeah, line yeah. is, but he he goes. He knew somehow that this was different. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think he def- mm. I think she definitely catches his eye as soon as he sees her. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I guess my thing. I I feel like they they fall in love more in the... In it's definitely... Yeah. They, uh, while they're healing. The story of love
1: it certainly doesn't happen in the just in the last third. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, it, yeah. it's like the story of love is from when he first meets her until he says goodbye. It's right? a beautiful build. For yeah. sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Whether or not he is in love with her in that point, I think it starts there one yeah. way or another.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. It's interesting, Brandon, because there's a... Something stood out to me when you mm. said that they kind of heal together mm. i got a sense that in one in the hospital scene there i think there's a moment that happens between the two of them a sort of uh, almost a, a, an acceptance or a kind of knowing of their feelings for each other and then fleming goes on to say and then bond was healed and it <laughs> yes, was like yes, they, yeah. i kind of thought oh that moved very briskly yeah and kind of justified your point of like oh well now that they've kind of in a weird way admitted
2: their feelings for each other he perks right up i don't yeah. he goes mm. i think yeah, the yeah. the other thing that makes me think it's it's Towards that back end, is when they get um, kidnapped mm. and Bond thinks about how she's off. He goes, Oh, the poor little animal.
1: Mm. The, the poor little
2: beast, I think. Yeah, yeah, beast. He, he doesn't yeah. talk about it like he, the way he's thinking about her isn't like, Oh, my, that, that dear Vesper tr- or anything. It's yeah, that thing true. of like, Ah, oh, the poor little girl. Yeah, uh, she got caught up in it, but she knew the job. Like he wrote yeah. something along the thing of like, but she he's knew the he's job. Willing to let it go, is yeah. It? He's yeah. very, mm, he's mm, willing to take the and death cold thing. there. Yeah, right? mm. yeah. That's my like, point before. But he wasn't still so... has, oh, Well, I think you're right though. I think mm. you're both right in that there's there's those glimmers. He's there's the the, the chinks in the armor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, because there's that great little moment one uh, uh, just a moment that I wish they'd put in the films more is when he runs down and his hands are all bound and he tries to get the kick on one of the guys that's carrying Vesper into the other room yes. trying to get just create enough distraction so that she could run yeah yes. but then the guy catches his leg, flips him to the ground and it's like. You know. Opportunity missed. Yeah, and the chief's there. Like, come on, come on. This is going to take a while. So just get in the room. Yeah, come mm-hmm. on. It's that little moment where he tries to tries to get. You know, he knows he's fucked, but he's like, maybe you can get away. Yeah. yeah. And when he's sitting in the chair, he's like, you know, and he's like, got to just keep this keep keep awake, keep awake because they still might be able to save the girl. Yeah. It's like, oh, god. Yeah. And the
0: same man, only a few chapters before goes on to say something like well I'll, I'll once I chase once I get to the car I'll, I'll get the gun out and I'll shoot and if she gets shot in the way then so be it
2: yeah it's also like... I find it very interesting that he has a different type of gun for his car <laughs> and the gun lady. Hey, he's got, he's got a beretta a beretta in the day and a colt in the car well maybe yeah. maybe the colt's better for shooting out the window oh could be well the colt 3030 i kind
0: of got the impression that oh no wait i'm i'm confusing taking down, down tires confusing the guns it could be more heavy duty Perhaps. that was an amazing
2: mm. description how he was like you he would shoot at the road to bounce it up underneath to get the a gun. it's like, he's uh, a bloody gun it's brilliant the way crazy. he downs
1: people his knowledge is oh, ugh. extraordinary ah what a
0: mind. I mean encyclopedic. Th- th- w- <laughs> well fellas, we've still got a couple of more people that we'd like to talk to before we get to the man himself. Talk to. Talk, talk to. to. Are they coming? Yeah. Oh, oh, a, lion. a lion. Hello. Who's this? Uh-huh. Bonjour. It's uh, Mr. Me. It's a Mathis. He's, he's Italian. Italian. Well, I don't Jean know. No, Jean-
1: yeah, yeah, see, yeah. I kind of got
0: confused. No, he's French. He's yeah. French. Oh, yeah, bonjour.
2: Hi, <laughs> um, uh, oh. Mathis. I want to <laughs> get you? something that, uh, with Mathis, that I could not get out of my head. Yes. I think Christoph Waltz is Mathis when oh, I read this oh wow really? okay I got Christoph Waltz particularly Django Unchained type Christoph Waltz mm. from mm. I was definitely getting uh, Giannini vibes. oh were
1: you yeah, yeah, yeah. it's oh, pretty solid Giannini for me too yeah pretty solid yeah wow I couldn't see
0: the flamboyance of him the kind of charm and
1: yep mm, I mean when you mention uh, yeah. I see it the, the best scene Mathis has is the radio scene Oh, really yeah. is, that's <laughs> yes. definitely Christoph Waltz territory, isn't it? The yeah. Kind of That's
0: such a vibrant scene, and it's so yeah. playful. I just love that oh, energy. It's, it's
2: great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. I I, I really liked Mathis in this because um, he hangs
0: around. Is that right? Like, does he turn oh, he's into? In a
2: lot of them. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he. All right, cool. He's, he's, oh, that's good. Uh, bond Bond's contact through Europe, most of Europe, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. but particularly in France. I really liked him. I found I found him quite um, I found him quite charming. Yeah, it's funny. I couldn't see the the film version in this. I, I just had this like he had more energy and kind of he felt younger as well. I, I had a weird thing of that. I felt him more closer to Bond's age. Right. I, I
1: don't know if it was just my imagination not engaging enough. I thought he was the least coloured in of of the. Oh, really? Particularly of
2: the allies, less than lighter.
1: Uh, oh, no, maybe, probably not less than lighter. Yeah, lighter's like, light yeah. mine. Lighter's probably pretty weak. I was weak, like, oh, yep, pretty a Texan.
2: <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> yeah, it. but whenever Mathis emerged, apart from that image of Janini, he's <laughs> certainly very charming. Yes. Um, but he felt probably most like a, book, a character to me. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I would maybe. Not so real. Not so real. Right. I don't know. I'll get suspend that thought. I'll read more of him, see how he appears again. Mm. But I, was... I didn't immediately warm to him. I didn't really buy into the Mathis in this.
3: Mm,
0: okay.
1: I guess because the Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace Mathis is so damn good. Oh yeah. That it's hard to. Mm. Mathis for I me. I was expecting more. I think I was expecting more presence from Mathis in the story, and he's actually not really in it that much. No, no. No, not yeah. really,
3: is he? Mm.
1: He's kind of what I would like to think.
0: All good time Europeans like. Yeah. Good time, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, If I if I'm going to go to Europe on a holiday, I'd like to meet a Mathis. Mm-hmm. We get to have a good time, and you know he'll show me around the casinos. He's like a yeah, and... distant relative, uncle yeah, yeah, brother. yeah. Like a friendly French uncle <laughs> who's that always kills got like people. that kills people mm-hmm. and has like you know a couple of beautiful ladies on his arms, and he's like, no, 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 don't eat that, eat this, order this wine.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I loved that after Bond has just survived an explosion he's like um, uh, you know you should probably uh, get something to eat have a drink and uh, have a nap <laughs> and a uh, big night tonight alright see you
3: tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> <gonna be> <laughs> he's
2: just like yeah, why don't you order something grab, grab yourself some whiskey and no, no, have a lie down <laughs> <laughs> like, oh okay right. there was something I don't know there, in that moment too I was like ah oh, it's their job yeah like even though that they've Nearly died. All three of them have nearly died. It's like, yep, this so is the one we, really. we haven't even yeah.
1: touched on that straw hat men scene.
2: Oh, brilliant,
1: yeah. And Mathis in that, you, you're right. He's actually pretty cool in that the way that he stay
2: here. That,
1: yeah. yeah, he deals yeah. with yeah. the situation and, and 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 handles bond. Maybe he gets a few brownie points there. Mm. Yeah, mm.
0: that's why I get the sense that he's a bit older for me. I don't know. Mm. I kind of felt like, oh, you've been around. Mm. You've you you know, you're pretty experienced and a little bit like. Maybe not a father figure or something like that, but it's definitely someone that's like, all right, oh, we're doing this now. Okay, mm. yeah, well, I'm going to go over here.
2: I'm going to call my boys and get the Don't you worry about it. We'll we'll be sorted. How old do you think Bond is in this? In this? Because I couldn't... I went through it a couple of times trying to see if... Can you find out? If if, if he says say? how old he is. I don't think he does. Yeah, right. I know he's he's roughly middle-aged. Yeah, wow. Because he, he, seems... he served in, in
1: World War Two. Yes, very true. So... If he's not very young uh, he's underdeveloped emotionally he gives me the sense that he's that he's uh, he's very intelligent obviously yes, very capable yeah. but in terms of accepting and, and 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 growing with his emotions he's more like a man in his early 20s yeah he's very stunted he's very stunted yeah. that was the word i was looking for but i see him as around 36 to 40
2: oh yeah, yeah yeah forty forty was mine mm. forty for me too I got yeah. an older yeah an older Bond not old Bond but well when she definitely... says Hokie
1: Carmichael I googled Hokey Carmichael oh, yeah, because yeah. I know that that's what Fleming thought Bond was as well yeah. and I was like all right okay that's interesting yeah I tried to kind of I appreciated
0: that. the line uh-huh. that 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 later said not-so-hoagy Carmichael now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I
1: yeah. was like, ah, oh, very good. But uh, you weren't there to hear that, no, James. No, I, I
2: chuckled <laughs> because Fleming then says, oh, Mathis had told him this uh, in <laughs> passing. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. That's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wrote too, a yeah. note when yeah, that came yeah, yeah, right. down. I was like, oh, hang you're on. You're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's funny, too, the hoagy Carmichael stuff because in uh, some of his letters, that was the celebrity that Fleming himself was always back when he was younger. Capet. People were like, oh, you look a bit like Hoagie Carmichael. Right, And so uh, there's that little on like, now, oh, right. he
1: even looks like Bond. <laughs> I like that Bond may be a tall, thin gentleman.
0: Oh, he's he yeah. a little bit but more Derby Dick. I don't but... know if
1: I quite get that image. I have one image in my mind. I mean, Craig's physicality kept creeping into Yeah, this. I saw a lot of Craig in um, this. Oh, really? This, mm. Just his physicality, his physical edge, the fact that he is right. SIS trained, a little bit bigger, meatier, musclier. That he can handle himself. There's there's this thing. I mean, the detective bond stuff at the start that he talks about opening the door, flicking the light switch, and whipping out the gun at at, at hip level, all in one motion. And then and then the way he's thrown around, you know, from being tortured to uh, the explosion. I was getting a lot of Craig putting him through the ringer, putting him through (laughs) the ringer. You know, so it was hard. I was trying to balance this picture of a more British gentleman against this more believable image of someone like.
2: Craig
1: going through these
2: moments I, I got funnily enough just because we're talking about it I had Connery's body not his face mm-hmm. There was none of the actor's face I could not picture the guy's face yeah it's hard um, to picture
1: character's faces. Yeah, in books yeah it
2: is uh,
1: particularly What's bonds, that disease actually? Where you don't recognise This <laughs> <tests>? I feel <mean,
0: laughs> yeah. like That's what I suffer <laughs> yeah. From
2: when I, I read, read books can't see faces I can't see faces But I constantly Read In Roger's Serious Roger Moore Voice oh, yeah, On sure. with Serious Roger Moore Because mm. he just Spoke like a, An old gentleman mm. Mm. But the body For me Was uh, was that kind of Connery Lean but um, You know uh, Fast twitch Yeah yeah you yeah You know that kind of Like strong but lean mm. You know how yeah. So not to be obscene back in the day. <laughs> yeah, kind of, not so bodybuilder muscular. Would, kind of, yeah, crazy look unnatural kind of back then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Did you did you picture it in the fifties, or did it bleed into the current day for you at any point? It it kind of uh, well, I mean, when it,
0: when you think of something like Royale, for me, it was like because of the description of the you know late Empire architecture and stuff. I mean, that could be now, but it's just, it's the architecture of that time. But when I realized what his car actually looked like, Mm, the thirties Bentley, that really
1: blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Me too. I I had to Google it and I was like, what? I was definitely living on probably uh, 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 like a more,
0: I was living on more kind of contemporary line, I think. Right. And then when I saw that, I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. Think You know Yeah Cars from the 30s Are you know 15 years old Barely mm. Yeah So it's yeah. like Oh okay Yeah right
1: I think I flip-flopped Yeah I, I reckon My mind always uh, Thought it was The 50s Per se In the sense that The story is so On the ground And it has to be set Then to work Which I think is why It is brilliant To be in 1953 This particular story But I feel like if my mind's eyes version of the film, of the book, were to be a film, historical people would go, this isn't the 50s, Darby. You
2: know, you, <laughs> right, you know right. what I mean? Yeah.
1: Like, it, it, it is the 50s per se, but it's a pretty generic... Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of 70s. <laughs> a bit of, there's a bit of everything in there. It's just
2: all yeah. yeah. old-time bonds. Yes, yeah. It's yeah. just not now. It's just yeah, not yeah, now, yeah. 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 It's, I, th- that, it's funny, because that car really sent me to, like, ooh not just 50s but fucking Curtis the, be, the man, days Curtis of Henry Ford yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when he talks about the sound of the car filling the entire valley of royale oh Alda. that's incredible um, old <laughs> old. what a
1: showboat
2: yeah what but a I did. egotistical mania I thought about like, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about those fucking guys that Cums. pull up in, yeah the yeah. hoons that pull up and I know Bond wants like, oh. attention he's crazy down, James but I loved it <laughs> but I, it also made me go oh fuck this is olden times <laughs> just the way like he was talking about oh, driving he could definitely do 90 miles an hour and with 30 in reserve <laughs> you were still like I could do 120 if I wanted and it's like okay great <laughs> like, okay. it's not safe yeah, yeah. to yeah. those tyres are very yeah, yeah. thin there's no powered steering yeah, and nowadays there's no seatbelt like, I think a Prius could get 90 miles an hour <laughs> yeah. I mean that's probably it's top end that's it's reserve but yeah. There was a couple of moments. Well, I mean, over. he's thrown
1: out of the car, so he's not wearing... it doesn't have seatbelts. I know. You no. know. it's That's yeah. how he survived. When you really think about that. that
2: yeah. It's fun. There, there is a, a, li- a little quote about that, actually, which I was like, ah, perfect. And I think he does it so damn well. I was reading... Um, I think this might have been Hitchens as well that rifle, said this. Rifle, rifle, Ooh. rifle. Rifle, rifle. This is actually a quote from Fleming. Fleming once confessed that he hoped to, quote... Take the story along so fast that nobody would notice the idiosyncrasies. <laughs> and it's funny because yeah, when I f- read through it in that first that single sit, sit uh, sitting, there were things that didn't pop out to me. And then when I read it again, kind of going back to take more detailed notes and you know detail the notes that I'd taken originally, mm. there were moments like that where I was like fuck did he survive that yeah <laughs> and it's like it doesn't matter <laughs> just, just keep, keep reading, reading. <laughs> don't stop <laughs> it's a pretty gnarly crash yeah yeah it's fucking huge but then how the hell does Bond survive the fucking one in the film you know wow, like that's right. oh yeah <laughs> that's without a it. roll cage yeah <laughs> my goodness he's dead <laughs> he's dead
1: lighter um, Felix lighter yeah pretty pretty light I, on I look forward to him being back though he it, it was in film
2: he's huge a no, film Come no, he's, it's going to happen a lot. Huge. I'm telling you. Yeah.
1: Um, I do like that he was standing next to Vesper rather than Mathis in the casino. Yes, me too. I thought it was kind of cool. I mm. liked his general the the camaraderie's there. Yeah, between Bond and Leiter, it's it's more thinly drawn. Yeah, I would agree. But I think there's a sense of it that Felix Felix James thing is yes. still there. Yeah. I don't know if that's me bringing it to it. No, I,
2: the novel. I quite liked the fact that the meeting between them was not banal, but kind of banal. Kind Do of. you know what I mean? Like, it was really bordering on it. Because Felix still gives him the money to keep playing. Yes, yeah. yeah. So mm. he saves him and it that that was a nice little moment where I he love that little moment. pen written note in there saying yeah, yeah. here's another you know, ten Marshall million. Marshall aid, thirty two yeah. million francs yes. 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 with
0: compliments of the USA. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, I couldn't wipe my uh, the grin off my face because mm. all I could hear was Jeffrey Wright's voice so yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Brother from Langley. Brother from Langley. <laughs> um
2: it, it, it's funny how I think the closest the film's ever got to that visual representation of Felix is probably the worst Felix that we have in the series, which is the bloody Living Daylights one. Yeah, the yeah, blonde yeah. hair, with the his Hawaiian shirt, the tan. His... The, yeah, the open collared shirts, and it's fun,
0: yeah, it was weird. This like thirty-five-year-old lean Texan. Yeah, uh, right. Mm. Like, well-tanned. Yeah, I didn't see
2: or 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 Jeffrey Wright or fucking Bruce Valanche he becomes no, what's
1: his name? <laughs> <laughs> he becomes more central as they go on uh, do you get to know him better or is he from always kind of stay a
2: little bit well from memory you do but then uh, the, my memory of the Bond films was that Felix was kind of introduced a little better than he was and when right. we went through and watched all 25 he's actually not that he's not very well developed in the no. films the Jeffrey Wright one's probably the best developed Absolutely. and that's still light that's on probably the probably why we think light is so Yes. probably. Yeah. yeah. So maybe not. Maybe as we go on, he's not. I know that he's a pretty central figure in *Live and Let Die* though, because mm-hmm. um, that book takes place mostly in America. Mm. Um, so this was the very first time that they've actually met,
0: though. Was that? Did I get that right? Yes, or, right. they,
1: they meet yeah. here. Yes. Okay.
0: I went into this thinking that there was already some Unlike kind of Mathis, history. where there is the history? Yes, the history with Mathis, not with. Felix Lyre. Is, yeah, yeah. Right. Right.
1: Right. All
2: right just wanted to clarify. Mm. I did read this. <laughs> yeah. just wanted to clarify. He's, he's, he's pretty good. K- Kingsley Amos... I've got a couple of quotes, actually, just on Felix, it. which I thought this was an interesting thing that's being played with. Mm. Um, Kingsley Amos wrote in the James Bond dossier, The point of Felix Leiter, such a, such a non-entity as a piece of characterisation, is that he, the American, takes orders from Bond, the Britisher, And that Bond is constantly doing better than he, showing himself not braver or more devoted, but smarter, wilier, tougher, more resourceful. The incarnation of little old England with her quiet ways and shoestring budget, wiping the eye of great big global tentacled multi-billion dollar appropriating America. (laughs) That's pretty spot on. Yeah. And and the thing that made me go, I think he's got a point there. Is that little thing that Fleming writes about? Um, uh, Bond didn't much care for Americans, uh, but the Americans that when Americans were good people, they were damn fine people, mm. and they were usually always from Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's that little. Yeah, thing. That, that, what that paragraph doesn't touch on is the, is still the warmth between. them. There's definitely yeah. warmth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not. Sure. It's not simply I'm a, a better than you. But uh, no, but yeah. there there is that um, <laughs> like the fact that he orders that. Martini in front of Felix Leiter. Yes. True. You know, as much as it is to hell say to drink. the barman... Yeah, 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 hell of a drink. Mm. Like, as much as it is to say to the barman, I know what I'm, you know, don't don't fuck around with me here. It, there's also a thing of going to Felix. I know what I'm doing, and details are very important to me. Mm. So we're not going to do this the American way. I fought alongside you boys in the war. We're not playing that game. Mm. I know how you guys operate. Mm. We're doing British. This is a British operation. <laughs> um, the, yeah,
0: uh, which is great because Felix has that line of like, "All oh, my boys in Washington are re- really jealous that we're not running yes, here, you know. Yeah, it was a great. He's like, "Oh, you got the, you got the
2: you got the jump on us here." He's not without charm, though. I would say the the little interactions that uh, that he has with Bond, I, yeah. I found quite um, warming.
1: Yeah, I was yeah, warming yeah. to him. I there was the, there's
2: the promise of more to come. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. I wonder if I didn't know the history of Felix Slider, how I would feel about that character, though. Who else have we got? M. We've
1: got two more. A bit of think. M. There's head of S and there's M, but we don't really see much of head of.
2: We don't see anything of head of S. We. No, he is in one. Uh, yeah, he's the one that says he's, he has a funny turn of phrase that made me laugh. He's like, a, uh, "Damn good poke" or something. Like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 he's talking to. Money Penny, we is meet like, Money give, Penny give this and this far Tanner. to M.
2: It's a bit of a poke. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We meet Money Penny and Tana and they're cool. And they have a pretty um uh screen accurate version of themselves. Yeah. So you yeah. can see where they really come from. Yeah, for yeah. They're sure. born in the first novel. Mm. Uh, I don't think there's that much we can say about them.
2: Oh, Money Penny there's nothing. Yeah. You know, no. Apart from uh she'd be very pretty if she did wasn't so Something yeah. about her eyes. Oh, yeah. yeah, what yeah, is that yeah, line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, she wouldn't be. But cool they're too close qui- together. No, 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 so, yeah. no, no, no. They yeah, were cool and quizzical. quizzical. Yeah. Oh, right yeah. right Yeah. She's
1: yeah. she's peering. Oh, I like that line a lot. I thought actually, you know, you're not going to talk much about money, Penny, but at least we get something. Yeah, you yeah, know, at least yes, we get one yeah. touch. That—that's the money penny line. Yeah. We get one descriptor. Yeah, yeah, about yeah. about her gaze, and that was enough for me to go. She's interesting. She's yeah, a, she's mm, interesting. But it I, someone,
2: I, I mm. made me chuckle though the way it's framed in that. Oh, well, she would be pretty if she yes, wasn't so damn I nosy. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but again, that's
1: coming from the perspective of head of S, which is interesting. Yeah, because that might yeah. be his perspective. Or, yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: He seemed like a wacky kind of guy that head of S, because he he's... seemed
1: incompetent. Well, so that. he's Vespa's yeah. boss. Yes, yes. and he boss. is incompetent because Vespa's been running a fucking mole operation, yeah, under right under his nose. Yeah. so he's. But a...
2: then M is the one that says, "I'm putting someone out to work under you." So mm. M had a hand in choosing that as well, which I found. Well, he probably take because the head of S has provided the dossier, so he's probably gone. Well, who's your girl? Who's and your best who's person? Your best yeah.
1: person? And then I'm, I'm yeah, yeah.
2: Mm. It's funny though that he mm. he just doesn't seem to do any work beyond that. M, M yeah. M. Even when he's reading the dossier, he's like, "What the fuck does this mean?" I guess he just, just needs write to it be in across it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, yeah, it just, yeah, fascinating. I mean, and the way that um, Bond uh, he talks about. Um, Bond's relationship with them at the start when he's like, oh, he's under the cover of working for a Jamaican, you know, newspaper. Again, something that Fleming did. But he's like, oh, working under a Jamaican newspaper, he could then send his uh, correspondence to the head of Jamaica. Yes, t- like via head of Jamaica to M to delay having to talk to the bastard. <laughs> 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 I, like, I forgot about that. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> oh god. Yeah that that M
1: that M and Bond relationship again that spark of originality is present isn't oh, it oh for yeah. sure yeah. for sure that mm.
0: whole conflict and friction between those 2 you
1: get it right from the start I saw Bernard sure Lee, Lee. Lee. Bernard Lee yeah big time yeah, yeah. All, I I did too. all I could picture all I could picture he's burnt on my
0: brain I yeah, think yeah. he might be my favourite M now yep. I don't know
1: but oh the M in this is terrific he only gets one one and a half chapters or whatever hmm but what an impression, yeah, very much so.
0: Well, and the whole kind of event seems to make a pretty big impression on M. With that little note about how M made the call. Oh yeah, M calls right. through, and and at the uh, end, at yeah. the oh, end, towards oh, the end, yes. And um, I think Bond or one of them says that you know how such a rarity that that is to get M on the line, and, and he's called Bond he's, to yeah. thank you him know, and say, "Well, well done," well or done. kind of thing yeah. things like, "Oh, yeah. heal up." That. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, good touch. Good touch good there, because
0: even though even though we're kind of at odds, it's like
1: well, we're gonna those two were gonna be in a room together, you know, from every novel herein at some point. You know, it's, yeah, it's good to yeah. see the, the the touches in with their relationship.
0: That's right. Because mm. Mm. you could, you could just you could you have could just, just left m- left him m- out of m- it right but at the start. You,
1: there's the foresight to bring him back, and yeah, and, yeah true, satisfy that story that mm. arc mm. bond. Bond. We've spoken a lot about him without you want any, speaking. Add directly. any
0: more thoughts on on the man? One thing that surprised me so much how how kind of sappy he got towards the end. There, a lot of Whoa. my darlings. I wasn't expecting Bond to whip out all the my darling, my darling,
2: my well, darling. Well, there, there's a nice little passage in there where um, he talks about Bond got a little bit sentimental, which all hard men. Uh, want to, you know, yes, uh, uh, like they fall know,
0: back into sentimentality The People
2: who have that thing of being you know, strong the issues start in bar childhood, bar. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but like being of strong affection. and blah 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 are the ones that once they once that armor breaks, they're the sappiest and soppiest. Yeah, I thought mm. that was a really That's, lovely touch.
0: Yeah, what a little insight! Though. Yeah, I thought that was a good. I
1: touch. know, I know you get a lot more time with the character in a novel to, to sit inside their head and, and see what they're thinking and feeling. But one thing I want to talk about. It's just how much time Bond allocates to reflection, I think, was amazing. What surprised me in this. I mean, it, yeah. in it, Talk about, what's this? This is the first 10 pages of The Secret Agent in the first chapter. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, he talks about going to bed. He <laughs> says, for 10 minutes, he lay on his left side, oh, reflecting on the events yeah. of the day. Then he turned over and focused his mind towards the tunnel of sleep. It's like, this, he tells us in the opening nine pages, this is a man who sits and thinks about his day. Yeah. You know, he's not, a, he's not as clinical as you might think.
0: Yeah, yeah, this whole inhuman kind of cold
1: killer type thing. It's like, yeah. no, no,
0: no, there's a ticking brain behind him. Yeah. yeah. He pauses
1: for a reflection. And then, oh my God, the, the paragraph that follows up, which might be one of my favourite phrases in the. If we're coming up with a yeah, term yeah or phrase. Actually,
2: that we should talk, do that. What your if, if there was a little favorite phrase of yours? What it mm. was? Well, I've got I've got a favorite
1: image, but mm-hmm. this is my favorite phrase. It says, "His last action was to slip his not this part, the next part, but his his last action was to slip his right hand under the pillow until it rested under the butt of the thirty eight Colt Police Positive with the sawn barrel." This part. Then he slept, and with the warmth and humor of his eyes extinguished. His features relapsed into a taciturn mask ironical brutal and cold yeah oh, I th- oh God. this is just oh that just gets me going because it's like what I see here is this the promise of a character to be in like it's it's Fleming saying to me it's it's the ghost of Fleming reaching out and putting a hand on my shoulder mm. and he says you're gonna know more about this man. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. He may appear, you know, devoid of personality. He is just another face. Mm. You know, brutal and cold. Mm. But there's this bubbling... There's more... To there's this it. promise of this bubbling man below the surface. Mm. When I read that, I was just ready to go. But I think my favourite image mm. um, is following the torture. Oh. Uh, when Bond is is left by the intervening agent, the man with the crag-like face. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, Do you think he's
2: coming back, by the way? Oh, for sure. I hope so. My goodness, he's
1: definitely something important. Um, And Bond's left kind of in this state of... Who knows how he'd be feeling at that point. I mean, he's a a mess and he's alive and he's there thinking about it. And I like this final image. It says, In the silence, the cheerful small sounds of the summer's day crept through the closed window. High on the left-hand wall hung two small patches of pink light. They were reflections cast upwards from the floor by the zebra stripes of June sunshine, cast upwards from two separate pools of blood a few feet apart. As the day progressed, the pink patches marched slowly along the wall, and slowly they grew larger. Oh my God! Right,
0: that yeah. When as soon as you started reading that, I was like, Oh my God! Yeah. Doesn't that just put
1: you there? It's <laughs> <That's Yeah>. amazing, <laughs> and, what and, it, and it like it's 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 ten lines. It's about fifty words, but we've sat with Bond through an entire day, yeah, of recovery. And the soundscape and coming yeah. in, and yeah. the change
0: of light across the room. Mastery. Ah, oh, it's cinematic.
2: It is. God, Brandon, I want to hear it, your faves. My my favorite. I actually I wrote down a. A favorite that I had well there, there's one actually this is a, a small little chunk that I like but this isn't the I don't know if it's the favorite it just stuck out to me was if he had to die anyway he might as well try it the hard way oh yes yeah. I was like, mm.
1: oh, god
2: good what an enduring god. man i mean that it, that's i love that you picked that out
1: because that's kind of like the precursor to the whole imagery that you adore, there's a Smith and Wesson, and you've had your
2: six. yes, yes, it all
1: starts there, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. There's, there's something about him where you—it's uh, just like that—is such a foreign thing to me mm. that that being in in someone's person. So I was just like, oh God, God,
0: what is a person that thinks
2: that? What yeah. are they like? His, you know, like, his own. If death I'm doing this, is his business? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We're doing um, this on my terms. Yeah, but, but the phrase that that I just was like, it's not a particularly kind of. Crazy good phrase. Right. Uh, You know, it's not a piece of writing that, you know, will be remembered forever in the annals of history. But it was just a phrase that when I was reading, I was like, oh, I loved that. It's uh, at the very end of Chapter 10. The long game was launched and the sequence of these gestures and the reiteration of this subdued litany would continue until the end came and the players dispersed. Then the enigmatic cards would be burnt or defaced. The shroud would be draped over the table and the grass green baize battlefield would soak up the blood of its victims and refresh itself. Mm. It's gorgeous. I just was like, ah,
1: gives me an image, weirdly enough, of the opening montage of, uh, second opening montage of The Big Lebowski. When we we're introduced to the bowling alley, oh, oh. <laughs> you yeah, you like the pins being collected and the balls falling through yeah. the la la
2: la la la, yeah. la 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 la, like the battlefield being cleansed. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. very much so. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I there was something about that where I just kind of went, oh, just It, it informs so much of like someone who's been in war thinks of. Thinks of a baccarat table like that. You they know see they?
1: that he's suffering PTSD for sure. Oh, absolutely. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure.
2: What about you? Do you have a fra- a, a favorite? I have favourite a favorite
0: phrase. Um, my favorite phrase is the entire chapter eight. <laughs> You're not going to read that. All, so well, I'm going to so. read you the whole chapter. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: <What's> no, <laughs> all of chapter eight. What's the chapter, chapter eight is. I don't even know the name of it.
1: Uh, Pink Lights and Champagne. Yep, 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 yep. What happens there?
0: What happens there, I'll bloody tell you. The whole business of Bond getting ready... The cold shower that he has, the suit that he puts on, the gun—oh, yeah—putting it in his holster there, then checking the room is secure, locking the door. I mean, I love that. I loved his kind of prepped Bond. Did, well, yeah, kind of. And then, oh, I, this is probably my this is probably my favorite moment within this chapter. Bond's going towards like the stairs to go down for dinner, and then ding—the elevator open, bu- opens up behind him, and he turns around, and Vesper's there, surprising him again. Gotcha, Bond. On the back foot, this mysterious, beautiful woman you're obsessed with. And then you've got this delicious dinner scene in this Edwardian booth down in the extravagant bloody restaurant. The way he describes Vesper walking into that room with the beautiful dress the, and the diamond necklace and everyone just kind of like looking at uh, her, the food, the, that whole... Pres- I was just... I was there... And I wanted that to be my life, and it was just—I don't know—that whole experience. I came out of that, and it was like
1: a dream. I was just like, <laughs> did you "Read it again. Where have I been? Did Where have you I have been? to like reread it, or did I, you just let it? sit? No, I just let it sit. Mm. I was like, <sighs> that was your That was your pinpoint. That was yeah. your highlight. Yeah, that was the that was the zenith for mm. me. Chapter eight.
2: Very good. Love it. Well, very good. Well, I think we should probably um, we should give it a rating.
0: Oh, do I have to?
2: Yes. Uh, <laughs> We're there. Nothing else we need to do. This is our first time through with the novel. One of the things I found quite because uh, when he first wrote forty million francs, I was like, "Holy, that was shit. a huge amount!" Of, yeah, but it's not. It's like thirty thousand pounds. Yeah, which yeah. is a lot. It's, it was back third, So back then, it was it was four thousand and ninety three pounds in nineteen fifty three. Right, uh, that's apparently. Forty million? No, no, no. It couldn't have been. You don't no. reckon? No, that's four million. So times that by ten. Yeah, no, that's that's not right. I reckon I've written four million there. Right. It's, it's not four thousand. It would be forty thousand pounds. Be roughly equivalent to forty thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. So which, don't 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 worry about that. Sure. But yeah,
1: so yeah, thirty thousand pounds, which he mentions at some point, as being his the twenty five million that he'd raised. Yes. He'd raised his own sum of twenty five million. In the days leading up. He'd, yep. No, he'd, he'd, he'd started with with 10. 10 and gotten it to 25, yep. and that was the equivalent of 30,000 pounds. Yep. 30,000 pounds is the equivalent
2: of how much today would we have a stab at? Well, I know this for certain. yeah. If 4,093 pounds in uh, 1953, if that was converted to today's pound... So that's 5,000, we'll call it. Yeah, roughly four, 4,000. That would be £115,000 today.
1: Oh, my God. Gotcha.
2: So times that by, by 10.
1: Tenish. ish So it's about a million About a million.
2: <sighs>
1: about a million dollars he's got. Yeah, which is
2: roughly 1.5 million starting, Australian dollars.
1: That's tw- that's these 25 million francs. That's yes, not so, oh, yeah. the overall winning.
2: What is he Well, no, 40 million, which is what he ends up winning, would be about, yeah, $1.5 million Australian to today. today. Gotcha. That's a lot of money. That's a decent haul. Which would be roughly 1.1 million US. <laughs> That's one for the fact check. See, if, uh, <laughs> see yeah, how you back. did. <laughs> covers over. <laughs> you did alright doing that in your
3: head.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've definitely put 4 million francs because there's no way. Because it says in the novel roughly 30,000. So yeah, I've just dropped a zero there.
1: Yeah, right. You're a dirty devil. I oh, am. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's, re- let's wrap this puppy up then. Well,
0: if you insist, you better bloody go first. Lay it on us. Oh, look, I
1: feel like history is repeating itself. Yeah. Because we're at the tippy top of this journey. Mm. And I was <clears throat> so swept away by this thing. I mean, mm. I don't need to give a summary. This goddamn book has changed my life <laughs> in an instant. It has changed it, and for that reason alone, it has to be a shaken ten. It has, oh, whoa. It, it has to be, and I know this feels like the start again, where I gave like on, not a, a on a <laughs> <majesty's> <laughs> I know that it'll go on to Which be. I'm shocked. It's, it's not be, a ten for you, you know. And I know it'll go on t- to develop greatly, and the books will get better than this. I'm sure of it. I know that the books will get better than this. But here today, this is a ten. This is a ten for me. All yeah. right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. For it's for it what it did to my brain alone. You know what I mean? <laughs> Regardless of its merit or artistic whatever, yep. you know, what it did to me on a personal level, it took me on a journey. That's a 10. It's a 10. Fantastic. <laughs> That's what you want. <laughs> That's it.
0: Yeah, I feel that. Mm. I feel that. I mean, you know, I'm a simple mind. Um, I don't want for much. I think I'm still on this journey of what do I want from James Bond? But you always have to
1: get something?
0: Well, because... I, no. I don't want to go... Do I you want, want to, to give? No. No, <laughs> I want to go through my entire life purely taking. Right. And what I want Bond to give me, what I'm going to take from James Bond... What's your 30.6 30
1: day... 36
0: day point six, plan with the books? Yeah. Oh, God, no. It's pure and simple. It's been stripped back. I'm a refined boy after watching 24 films. I want to further explore what James Bond means to me and what I want in my James Bond and the very fact that we're going into the books is just blowing this whole thing out of the water. I didn't even know this was possible because I before this it was just James Bond movies. Mm. And I thought that by the time I've finished all the movies, well now I've got a pretty decent idea of what I think James Bond is. The yeah. mythology has expanded. But the Bond in this is so different. Mm. And I'm finding myself falling in love with it. And the detail and the pace of it and the excitement and the complexity. Ah, it's going to be a long journey. Um, but I absolutely love this I couldn't put it down I had many a late night reading it I'm going to go back and read it again
1: mm. well you have to read Live and Let Die yeah Don. Live and Let Die next Ah, oh, to... damn
0: what I want to go back do... alright fine
1: do it in your own time let me just say it's clearly
2: shaken 10 Ooh. from me wow look I think I'm going to Disappoint you here? Oh yeah! I, I I loved this. I thought it was. I don't I don't have a bad thing to say about it. And and I don't know the I don't know the other the books that well. Mm, yeah. I, I've read them, but mm. I mean Moonraker is the only other one that I that I really know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Casino Royale and Moonraker are the two that I've read the most. I I I really loved this. I feel like yeah. I don't have anything bad to say, but the, my gut feeling is like. It's a good, and I said this this word earlier. It's a good pot boiler. It's it just keeps keeps the action going. Um, it's entertaining enough. Um, I think we get kind of lost in really great sumptuous detail. It's it's got great escapism, uh, but it's also got you know wonderful kind of brutality.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, for me, my gut reaction is that it's a it's a shaken eight for me. Solid. I was expecting
1: a shake and eight from you. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah,
2: mm. yeah, which I think is a really good score for it. I think. Uh, look, I wonder you, if I'll you, give any of the books a ten. Yeah. I don't actually know.
1: Your instincts are good, and I feel like in the long run this is going to be a shaken eight for me. But oh, I would right. just be lying to myself if, if I didn't, if, if it yeah, because your
2: initial reaction, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: that's the thing. My mm. impulse right now is to give it the ten.
1: Mm. You've got to go with that.
0: Yeah, I think that's how you yeah. how you're feeling in the moment. But mm. I appreciate your I uh, your from. reasoning, largely I mean, re-
1: the way you unpacked that whole uh, thing at the at the end with the speech and, and determining that that was maybe a little bit of immaturity from from Fleming in the sense that it's ill. Def- you know, the, the, oh, with the villains, the, the, the villain yeah, speech yeah, yeah. and things. Yeah. Like, I get it. I get why it's yeah. not a ten because that. Who knows if the perfect version is out there where he gets it all right? yeah. yeah, yeah. But I guess that's what you're hoping for when you read along you're like oh yes. this would have been perfect if not just for these little I wouldn't change it for the world yeah, yeah. but yeah there's <laughs> that slight little bit of my perfect version of the Sinoriel
2: novel yeah yeah there you go well that's that's that and that's it done that is it done. we're not done with Casino Royale. Oh, God. <laughs> done, we're going to be in a Casino Royale bloody time walk. Yeah, we're not going to get away from Casino Royale for a couple of weeks. <laughs> because... Buckle up. Next week... Yes. We'll be joining you for 1954's CBS Climax <laughs> television one-hour production. Yeah. yeah, bloody quickly. Oh. 1954 production... Of Casino Royale, yeah <laughs> Is it fifty minutes or something? Yeah, it's fifty minutes. Oh, no, it's be quick. a quick one. It's buckle up, <laughs> up. Yeah. like always. Our podcast will be longer than the film. <laughs> See ya! Bye.